Welcome into Hoopsville, everybody, and good evening. Hope you are enjoying the NCAA Division III Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Welcome to the Hoopsville Studios, the WBCA and ABC Studios. Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com. The roads to Salem and Columbus have been paved, and we're going to talk about the eight teams who have gotten there. Incredible basketball. There were some nail-biters, there were some upsets, and there were certainly some uh, maybe not-so-nail-biting upset games. <laughs> a little bit more uh, status quo, but certainly lots to talk about. If you've got questions or you want to comment, join us on Twitter, at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can join us on Instagram if you want, though we haven't, uh, we don't normally respond to questions there, but it's also at D3Hoopsville. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, and join us via email, Hoopsville at d3hoops.com. It's an absolutely unbelievable uh, weekend of basketball. I got a chance to be in Benedictine um, and certainly got to see very good basketball and certainly a great atmosphere. Uh, it was worth talking about, to say the least. Uh, Benedictine is coming out as the undefeated team. It was the first team to be undefeated Really, the first two teams, Lancaster Bible and Benedictine, first two teams to be undefeated since 2009 to enter the men's tournament. First ones to get to the Elite Eight since that 2009 team when it was, interestingly enough, St. Thomas, who lost to Wash U. Wash U on their way to their second crown that year. Benedictine has done it. They are on to the Final Four for a chance to win and be undefeated a national title. They are 30-0. and Outstanding job at the Rice Center, getting past not only Ohio Wesleyan in the opening game, but then to get past Alma in the second game. It was, uh, and the crowds were absolutely outstanding. Let me go back and say this, though. I go to a lot of places, and everybody does a tremendous job on these weekends. Everybody puts in extra effort. They certainly put in extra money. May not all get reimbursed by the NCAA, but they do their darndest. And Benedictine should be proud. Mark Mahorny, the athletics director, terrific job, of course, as well with uh, Tim Calderwood, the SID, along with the director of athletic marketing communication, Jessica Stedman Jelenic. Want to thank all of them, plus everybody else who contributed and helped out. It was absolutely a blast to be at. Um, had a lot of fun. He's in Jason Cross, by the way. Give a shout-out to him for making sure I had enough water while on the air with Tim Calderwood. It was a great time, and that weekend of games was seen at eight, seven other sites. Terrific basketball across the board. Of course, we know who's moving on and who's been left out. And the biggest story of the whole weekend has to be the simple fact that the number one team on the men's side didn't make it. August Stana. Loses to St. Thomas in a thrilling game. I only got to see parts of it. I'm hoping I can somehow go back and watch it all this weekend at some point. But St. Thomas pulls off the upset per se. Obviously, St. Thomas is a good team, but it's at Rock Island, and Augustana is the number one team. It's deja vu in some ways of 2011. I was there for 2011. It was great then. It was probably even better now. But the amazing thing about that upset is it makes St. Thomas now a threat 
Well, they were probably a threat, but now you you change your op, your opinion of the Tommies, certainly, with a win over Augustana. Augustana's a really good team, and St. Thomas proved they're a really good team as well. So congratulations to the Tommies. That's about the one weekend of games we won't really cover in depth here this weekend or on this show. It's by circumstance, really, not by any means otherwise. But we just heard from John Tower last Sunday with Pat Coleman when they won the opening weekend. So we weren't exactly, I didn't want to repeat the same interview all over again uh, than having Coach Tower on the show tonight. So that's about the only one we won't cover. We'll pretty much have everybody else covered in some capacity. Obviously, I was at Benedictine, so you will hear from Lucas Johnson, their senior forward, along with Keith Munkenberger. Brunkenberg, apparently I've got that wrong on our site. Looks like I'm going to have to go fix that. Keith Brunkenberg joins me. We'll talk about getting in. We'll talk about why they feel like they have jinxed the season the entire season, and maybe that's what's working for them. We'll also talk to Lucas Johnson about the travels that he has had in NCAA basketball and what he is, uh, and why he's proud to be where he is and the difference that he is making. Coming up here shortly, we'll talk to Matt Noonan out of the Northeast. Matt will give us an idea of what happened and how Amherst came out of a wide-open weekend at Tufts. We had said at the beginning of the, of the week, if you remember going back to Thursday, I said that the men tend to be about 50% that the hosts will advance. And the way the bracket was set up and the way hosts were set up this year, that certainly looked like it was going to come true. It did come true. Even worse than you think. Only one host made it through. Benedictine. The other three non-hosts, St. Thomas won at Augustana. Christopher Newport, yes, the top team, but still won at Oswego. And Amherst won at Tufts. So, you know, interesting turn of events, as it were, on that. So only one out of the four made it on. Granted, we kind of saw at least two of that probably coming. Um, but we will hear from Matt Noonan about how Amherst survived Babson, thanks to Joey Flannery re-injury. Got to feel bad for Flannery. And then we'll talk about how Tufts survived Johnson and Wales, who probably played their worst game of the season. And then Tufts, or Amherst getting past Tufts. That's coming up. We'll also talk to Christopher Newport men's basketball coach, John Krikorian, about the fact the team is making their first trip to the NCAA championship weekend in Salem. What he expects of his team and how they so easily, it seems, got past Worcester. In the meantime, also got past a pesky Keene State team this weekend. Also coming up, plenty more besides just that. We mentioned talking to Benedictine. Of course, they're the other team of the veterans versus newbies in Salem. It will be veterans versus newbies in the semifinals. As veteran St. Thomas will take on newbie CNU. And veteran Amherst will take on Rookie Benedictine. St. Thomas has been to the Final Four three of the last six years, and this is the seventh time since 2003 that Amherst has made the trip, and I believe the third in the last four years. They certainly know the road to Salem awfully darn well. Also coming up tonight, we'll talk to the only number one team still standing, Thomas Moore women's basketball coach Jeff Hans joins us to talk about the test that they faced against Wash U on Friday night, and then maybe a lack of a test the second night that certainly seemed like they got past Rochester relatively easily. Do they get past Rochester? Now I got that game screwed up in my head. 
apologize. Oh, when you travel like we did, you can start to lose your mind just a little bit. Wonderful trip to Chicago. Good for the soul, as they say. Hold on a quick second here. Double check the uh, scores that I wanted to mention. I'm sorry. Rochester got past Amherst. That's what I was looking at. And it was... It was Thomas Moore past Wash U. That was the tester this game. It was the previous game. I was. Well, that was right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, well, we're getting there. Sorry, folks. Brain fried. Thomas Moore got past Wash U in a thriller. Um, we'll talk. And then coming up, we'll talk to uh, or GP Gromacki from, from Amherst Women's Basketball. Talk about the big matchup coming up. And then Bob Amsbury. Uh, Pat Coleman talks to the Wartburg women's coach. And obviously, Wartburg. The surprise, unranked into the championship weekend. And then Gordon Mann sits down with the Tufts, Melissa Baptista and, Mich- and Michaela North to talk to them about getting past their good test and moving on. Tufts, of course, got past Scranton 57-48 using an amazing end of the game after Scranton had gotten back into it. Tufts moving on. Rochester and Amherst took face each other, and it was Amherst who smoked Rochester by 28. That's the score I was thinking of. And Wartburg, the unranked team, beat number six, Texas Tyler. Had Wartburg lost, let's just say Texas Tyler had gotten in. It would have been number one, number seven, number four, and number six moving on to the tournament. Number three, Scranton, would have been left home. But instead, it'll be number one, number seven, number four, and unranked at the women's championship weekend. Now, remember, they'll play at Capitol just those two games, those semifinals on Saturday. They will be web-streamed by the NCAA.com. The championship will be 16 days later in Indianapolis. So a little bit different on the women's side if you didn't know that already. Of course, on the men's side, they will play Friday and Saturday night after a thrilling weekend of basketball, as we mentioned. On the men's side on Saturday, we mentioned Christopher Newport getting past Worcester by 20, 81-61. Amherst got past Tufts, 86-73 in a game that was closer than that score indicated. We had a lot of those games, by the way. Alma beating Ohio Wesleyan. I'm sorry, uh, Benedictine being Ohio Wesleyan was not as wide open as the score would indicate. Again, Benedictine beat Alma, 93-73. That score was... When you score 71% from three or shoot 71% from three point land, you're going to win some games. In fact, I would argue you'd win every single one of them. And then St. Thomas again getting past Augustana 86 76. That game wasn't a 10 point game either. So that's what we got ahead here on the show. Again, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at D3Hoops.com and join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Kevin writes, watching the D1 selection show makes me appreciate the more transparent looking D3 process. That's funny. I usually think the D1 guys are a little bit more transparent than the D3 guys. Though on the men's side, the D3 guys are pretty darn transparent. The D1s are in the women are not. So take it as it is, Kevin. We'll see what happens down the road. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Matt Noonan joins us. We'll talk about Amherst getting past Tufts, and more importantly, how they got past their opponents on Friday night as well. That's all ahead. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com. From the WBCA and ABC studios, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, and join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. More Hoopsville when we come back. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, 
or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I'm a Division Three student athlete and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. With every basket and every stop, the skill of elite student athletes will be on display. The sights. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. There is a YouTube window, by the way, if you're on our YouTube page. But I'll be honest, we don't tend to check that out. I'm only mentioning it because I was just making sure nobody had been in there. That's how you can interact with us. We hope you'll take advantage of those things. We're talking about the men's and women's tournament. I'll be freely, freely honest with you. We'll talk... More on the women's than we will in the men's, but we'll certainly give the men its due, uh, only because we'll be doing so much extensive coverage at the Salem uh, Championship weekend, and the women, um, we won't get that opportunity. So I'm going to try and sway a little bit towards women, but we're going to start with men. Um, Dave Hickson was on the show Thursday, so it seemed a little weird that we'd be calling Dave Hickson back up again. We kind of hedged our bets. You could say we won and lost. We won because we talked to the winning team on Thursday. We lost because we had no options coming out of the weekend. Good for us that one of our colleagues was down there instead for us. That's Matt Noonan, of course, Northeast regional reporter for D3Hoops.com. He's been our regional reporter here on the show on several occasions, and Matt joins us on the City of Salem hotline. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you doing? I, well, I'm doing pretty well. A little tired, but, you know, that's that time of year. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, it, my, my commute to, to Medford or uh, really the campus itself is a little shorter than I know for you uh, to Chicago. So, yeah. um, you know, so I, I, I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't feel too bad then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a little longer getting to and from Chicago, though. Lovely time. I, you did have the deep dish pizza. We know we don't have deep dish in Somerville and uh, in Medford, so I will I will say that. Yeah, you're you're missing out. Trust me, it was absolutely exactly how I remembered it. Um, <laughs> so no complaints once whatsoever. Um, so you know you were at Tufts for this this sectional uh, that featured you know some interesting teams. We've been saying for a while. I think you and I conversed a little bit. This felt a wide open. Um, John Carroll versus Tufts, and of course Pace was out for Tufts, which was a kind of a curveball. I don't think anybody really knew. Um, you had Babson versus Amherst, of course Joey Flannery trying to to recover from an injury the previous weekend. 
all of those factors as to how the games would progress. Um, this was just on Friday night. What were your thoughts on those games? Sure. So, I mean, let's kind of start with, uh, you know, uh, Amherst Babson. I mean, you know, these two teams have met, you know, before. So this is not like, you know, a first time they've met. I mean, they're somewhat similar teams, uh, maybe a little bit of different style. Um, you know, Babson obviously can run just like Amherst can too. You know, Amherst is coaching and says, I mean, they, when they get the ball into David George down low and David George is a big guy and, um, you know, he, he's, he's a guy in my mind that, you know, you're obviously going to be able to get things going, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, Joey, um, give him, give him a lot of credit. I mean, he's going to be back next year and he's going to be motivated. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, the injury kind of caught up with him and, you know, it gave him a lot of credit cause he, he pulled in a way a Larry bird, uh, you know, coming, <laughs> coming out, coming out in the second half, you know, this is kind of, you know, and it was, it was great. And, you know, I gave him a lot of credit. I mean, he was out there and just trying to give it all he could. And, you know, his teammates are really rallying around him and Bradley Jacks. I just thought, um, you know, played his heart out, you know, really carried that team in the second half. But, um, you know, when Amherst scores 51 points, you know, Amherst is a team you just, you got to match, you know, uh, you know, a possession, possession with. And between, you know, George and McCarthy and Connor Green and, um, you know, Jade Dawson, I mean, really turned it on in the second half. Uh, I, I was really impressed by him, too. Um, you know, I know Coach Hickson wasn't too pleased with the free throws, and that was something I'll bring up uh, momentarily, just kind of a fi- funny uh, note that he told me about. But, um, you know, they, they were cutting and slashing, and they figured it out pretty well. So, that, I mean, you know, if Flannery was healthy, I think it's a different game. Um, but you got to give credit to him just the way that he played. And, you know, Babson's just a great team. Coach Brennan, just the way they play. And then, you know, uh, Coach Sheldon and I caught up um, prior to – Friday's game and you know I asked Coach Sheldon I said you know you're playing a team that's averaging 90 points in Johnson and Wales and you know they, they can run and gun they're fast paced they've got Tom Garrick they've got you know uh, Jarrell Lawson and um, you know Anthony Jer- uh, Jernigan and also Corey Greenway I mean Garrick and Greenway are the guys and um, you know they just had to keep pace with them and the one thing I thought Tuff did a really good job at was just you know when they got the ball because um, Coach Sheldon told you and as he told me you know he, they've got that motto where they say we out and uh, he even had it on his sleeves, too. He's got a custom-made button-down shirt with his tie that he wears on game days. It says, Tufts basketball, and on the cuff, it says, we out. And, um, you know, they, they just kept pace. There was a moment at one point where uh, Johnson and Wales just kind of did what they did. But, you know, Greenaway, you know, fouling out a little earlier than, than uh, probably he wanted to lead the court um, certainly had an effect, obviously, on the Wildcats. But, you know, two really great games. And then, you know, Saturday night with the way that, that game played out, I mean, that was neck and neck down the stretch until the final minutes before um, you know, David George's free throw and then, you know, uh, McCarthy and Green really kind of took it over. And Green had a great game last night. I think he had 25 points, if I'm correct. So um, sorry to give you a long, long-winded answer, but uh, really three great games. And, you know, I think it just shows you how great the New England basketball is around here, too. I mean, I think, you know, all over the country, D3-wise, I mean, everything, everyone's talented. But, you know, we got some very talented teams here in the Northeast, and um, it definitely was on, on display this entire weekend in, uh, in Medford. This is the one we had said, this bracket in general, the whole lower left was going to be the one that had a team that had that came out maybe that had the most questions. I don't know if that's going to be completely the case. Obviously, Christopher Newport never saw a top 25 team. though saw some teams that were in and out of the top 25. Uh, obviously, we had some top 25 teams down there, but it was really kind of a free-for-all, just depending on a lot of scenarios, and certainly injuries played a role. I don't mean this, and, and fans are probably going to take it as me knocking on Amherst, and I don't want it to sound like that way, but because of injuries in place, um, Tufts having pace out, Babson not having Flannery at 100%, Johnson and Wales certainly not playing terrifically and elsewise. Did Amherst 
did Amherst truly survive this weekend, or did were they just in the right place at the right time and were able to take advantage of the opportunities, especially considering how close they were to getting knocked out of this tournament on the opening weekend? Sure. So I, I think the the thing with Amherst in my mind is that you know they, they kind of had that that mentality to them, which is I mean it's just like you know you, when you think when you see Amherst on a schedule you know you've got to play your best basketball. Now, whether Coach Hickson or, you know, members of that team or alums are going to agree or, you know, students that support the team are going to agree, I mean, it's true. You know, I mean, when you think about Amherst, you kind of think about Williams, you think about the NESCAC, um, and, you know, it, it's an interesting assessment that you bring up with, you know, Pace being out and with Joey, you know, Flannery, you know, um, coming back from injuries. But the one thing that you look at, and even Coach Hickson highlighted this in, on Friday night's conference, press conference, was just, They've been battle tested. I mean, Hudson put a real scare into them on their home court. You know, they survived that one. Cortland um, gave them a real run for their money down the stretch too. And you know, there was a moment, you know, in the first half where Babson um, did lead, and you know, they were down seven or eight points. Babson kind of did similar to what Johnson and Wales did in the first half, where they just went on a little run, and um, you know, the momentum kind of turned to Babson's side, just like it did for Johnson and Wales for a short period before Tufts and Amherst respectively regained, you know, composure, but. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I think, you know, even if, you know, both teams are healthy, I mean, I still think all, you know, you still get two really good games. And I, I think, you know, you can't really say that, you know, health uh, would be a factor or be an issue for why, you know, uh, Amherst was able to escape. But, um, you know, going back to what I just said a few seconds ago, I think as Coach Hickson highlighted, and, you know, I think, you know, they would also agree. I think that players up and down that roster agree they're battle tested. And, um, you know, they're going to go up against a team that's undefeated, but I think that's going to help, going to definitely help them. And, um, and I'm sure, you know, Coach Hickson, one of the things that he definitely wants to highlight is making sure they hit the free throws as well during practice leading up to the game. Yeah, he talked about that on Thursday, about that's been their Achilles heel this season. And you certainly want to be hitting your free throws when you're taking on a team like Benedictine, who's just clearly um, got nothing to lose. Uh, they think they're playing um, the best basketball they, they can, and they're going to come in quite confident no matter who the opponent is because they've already knocked off a couple big opponents already this season. Um, when we talk about Amherst, this may be the most, I guess the word is underrated team to make it to Salem in the seven. Maybe the, the other one would be the first time they made it because every time you make it your first time, everybody wonders what to what to expect of them. But this may be the most unheralded or the lowest expected Amherst squad to make it to Salem, yet they're making it for the third time in four years. Um, is this maybe playing into Dave Hickson and, and, the, and Connor Green and the rest of the team's hands a little bit? I'm, I'm sure it is. I mean, that, that's the one thing, too. You know, before we got on the phone and chatted with you, I think the one thing was, you know, I was trying to go through some of their games because, you know, if you talk to a lot of coaches around here again, just, you know, as I was saying a few minutes ago, they want to schedule Amherst because, you know, in a way, and this is something I brought up to some other coaches and, you know, prior, you know, in previous, you know, interviews I've done either, you know, for D3 Hoops or for other outlets where, you know, I've talked with them saying, you know, why don't you schedule Amherst? Or, you know, you scheduled Amherst, but what do you hope to gain out of that? And I think a lot of teams really, in a way, around this area want to play Amherst because they know that Amherst has got this, you know, this resume of success, as you just alluded to, three out of the last four years making it to the uh, uh, semifinals. And, you know, this is going to be their seventh appearance in program history. But, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, up and down, I mean, they've been battle-tested, and I think they – I might agree with you. I think – you know, when you looked at this particular pod, I think you would, you hit the nail on the head last, you know, uh, a week ago from this time when you're talking to Coach Shelton from Tufts. This really was a wide open pod. 
And I think out of the four teams, yeah, sure, they probably carried the most experience going into this particular bracket or pod with, okay, we know what to do in the Sweet 16. We know what to do in the Elite Eight, you know, in the sectionals, finals, and sectional semifinals. Not saying that Babson didn't have the, the experience, nor, you know, the team like Johnson and Wales or Tufts, you know, couldn't stand up to it too. But, yeah, I think they're a little bit, I mean, I think they're a little bit underrated. And, you know, I think just they're quietly getting by. Um, you know, they did obviously suffer some losses. I mean, I think their first loss of the year came to Rhodes. Uh, to the links, but, you know, they did lose some conference games. You know, the Colby game, I think, was definitely, I'm sure, a wake-up for them. You know, Wesleyan was a really exciting team to watch down the stretch here in the NESCAC. You know, they did lose to Middlebury, and Coach Brown and Middlebury did tell me, you know, how that was a very, you know, uh, exciting game, but his guys really kind of hung in there down the stretch, and it really was. I mean, Matt St. Amore was kind of the hero of that particular contest. So, you know, yeah, I think I think you're right, Dave. I think, in a way, they are kind of, you know, flying under the radar, and, you um, you know, call me crazy, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, I mean, for them to give ben, uh, ben, uh, give a game um, and, you know, maybe hypothetically land in the championship game, um, you know, win or lose. I mean, I think they, they deserve uh, to be here. And, you know, I think they're a team every single year, that, as you and I both know, from covering the Division Three landscape, that when you think about Division Three, um, and especially here in the Northeast and in the New England landscape, you always think that Amherst is going to be in that top echelon of teams that's going to be competing for a crown. Well, it's certainly going to be fascinating to see what this team brings to the table. I mean, we're it feels like we're a long time removed from Toomey and the team that won the championship in 13 and re- repeated to Salem in 14 and then got absolutely trounced by Williams. I know it's not that long ago, but it feels like forever ago. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see what, what team takes the floor in Salem. I know you don't know Benedictine necessarily all that well, but from your point of view on Amherst, what is Amherst going to have to do outside of making free throws? Um, what is Amherst <laughs> going to have to do to at least try and get to a championship game? Well, I didn't. Sh- I'll, I'll, I'll make you feel proud, but I didn't shy away from asking that during the press conference on Friday, saying, you know, I asked Coach, you know, what's the exit fee from your gymnasium? You know, does your your players have to hit, you know, a certain amount of free throws to leave? <laughs> you know, to leave, and you know, he smiled and you know, he tackled about that one too, and. You know, I mean, you know, Jay Dawson, I think, had a good answer about, you know, that's, that's been obviously one of their biggest keys to focus on during practice. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously you got to hit the free throws. I mean, they were hitting free throws down the stretch in the, in the Baffin game. But, you know, the, Johnny McCarthy is just, you know, can shoot the lights out from beyond the arc. When he's on, uh, you know, he's good. Um, again, they got to get the ball out onto David George. The one thing that I thought they did a really good job at, especially against Baffin, um, was and Babson, you know, again was a team that really had to kind of find its identity halfway through the season, especially after losing to Amherst in triple overtime. Was that they were doing a lot of flashing, you know, into the lane, using the baseline as like an extra, almost in a way, an extra player. And um, you know, some of their pick and rolls and some of their screens are really causing some issues to the Babson defense. And they were able to find just kind of lanes. And you know, they slash. Um, that's certainly what they do. And um, you know, the one thing was. You know the Tufts, um, you know Cousins Gymnasium uh, had a had a feel of a of an old school. Uh, <laughs> this is a Boston. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna laugh at this one, but this is they had a feel of the Boston Garden from when Bird played back there. It was it was hot, it was steamy, it was you know, and it wasn't because you know the temperatures rising around here, but it's just because you know it was hot and they were able to rotate and you know they went into their bench and you know they got players on that team that can average you know double figures. So. Um, you know, to really you know, answer your question, they've got to slash. They got to, you know, um, you know, uh, go to the rim. They got. They were doing a great job with second and third shot chance opportunities against Babson, and a little bit also from what I saw against Tufts. So, you know, that's what they got to do, and they got to play great defense. But they're good at also playing defense. But 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're, like I said, going back to your last uh, question we were discussing, they're kind of a quiet, under-the-radar team. So, you know, they just kind of do the fundamentals. And, um, you know, they're, you're right. They're not Toomey and they're not Willie Workman's team, but they're, they're kind of a unique team, and I think they're going to be – they're going to give a good test. They'll be a good test, um, you know, on Friday. Well, sir, I appreciate you coming on the show and giving us an insight of what's going on with Amherst and see what we get from the uh, formerly – known as the, I'm not going to say their names now, Purple Team from Central Massachusetts. And uh, uh, I know you'll, you're will you now transition into some other sports, but thank you so much. And as always, I give uh, you the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in? Sure. Well, I mean, Dave, first off, I want to thank you again. And, you know, I know I sound like a uh, broken record with coaches and reporters calling in and saying, you know, thank you. But, you know, with you and Pat Coleman and everyone at uh, do at D3 Hoops, it's, it's a real pleasure to be a part of. Um, and I want to thank, obviously, Pat for all the, you know, what he's done uh, and this particular opportunity. You know, as I've, it's been a pleasure getting to obviously work with you guys and converse back and forth through social media. So, you know, this particular opportunity to be able to, you know, cover the Northeast and, you know, bring my, you know, some knowledge and learn more about different teams. I mean, I got to, you know, talk with various coaches and players and teams this past year that I probably have not had a chance to interact with. And, um, you know, I want to thank all the SIDs, the coaches, and, you know, all the fans and all the supporters, um, you know, it, it was a great ride. And um, I'm looking forward to obviously finishing the season strong with you guys. And uh, definitely looking forward to coming back on the show next year and continuing to write for D3 Hoops. So thanks for everything you guys do. And um, it's been a great ride. And, um, you know, thanks to Pat Coleman for the opportunity. And as always, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking during lacrosse season once uh, the final buzzer sounds for basketball. Yeah, I'll make that transition as well. But thank you so much, Matt. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your efforts all year. And we'll talk to you soon, okay? Sounds great, Dave, and uh, great luck with the rest of the show. Thank you. Appreciate it, my friend. Matt Noonan joining us from the Northeast. Uh, did a good enough job to get the show rolling for us. Appreciate him giving us an insight on Amherst. The uh, Purple team will be making its seventh trip to Salem, third in the last four years. Can they win another national championship? We shall see. Going to have a tough test with Benedictine. Wow, yeah, it's going to be a tough test. I think it's it's wide open in Salem, and that's going to be the fun part of it. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk about the other side of the bracket. Christopher Newport coming out of that. Can they make a run in the tournament? Well, they have made a run, I should say. Can they make a run in Salem, their first time ever? The newbies will join us here on the show. You listen to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville right after this. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. With every basket and every stop, the skill of elite student-athletes will be on display. The sights, the sounds, the intensity of an NCAA championship. 
It all comes down to this moment, and the winner takes it all. Be there to share the experience with your family and friends. The 2016 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 18th and 19th at Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com tickets to score your championship seats today. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. I say that all the time. I mean it. I really do hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We'll make sure to give you our point of view on things from a national point of view, not from your rah-rah team's point of view. Sorry, that's a little shot at some people this weekend, uh, but I digress. A championship weekend coming up in men's and women's basketball. Of course, men's side, Friday night, two games, semifinals, 5.30 and 8.00. And on the women's side, they will play Saturday. But, of course, the men will play a cons- the, uh, I shouldn't say consolation, they'll play the All-Star game at 3.30. The championship, I believe, is at 6, but i got to double-check my times. Of course, we'll have the Salem, or we'll have our pregame shows in Salem. We will not have a show on Thursday. We'll talk more about that later, but that's more about the fact of keeping all our material for Friday and Saturday instead. Uh, let's talk about another, uh, talk about one of the new teams heading to Salem. It'll be the Christopher Newport Captains. I'll freely admit, a couple people told me that they saw them late in the year and said, you know, this is a team that can get to Salem. So I made sure to go and get the chance to see them, even if it wasn't against an opponent that truly was going to give me a rock-solid point of view. They were right. That's a team that can make it to Salem. Guess what? They made it to Salem. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, sponsored by the city of Salem. It is John Krikorian and the number 4 Christopher Newport men's basketball team. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville and welcome to Salem, even though you're not there just yet. Yeah, I'm pretty darn close, though, so yeah. uh, th- thanks, Dave. Uh, it's great to be here. You got your flight in early. You guys flew to Oswego. You will not fly to Salem. <laughs> You're the only team, I think. Amherst might bust in. I'm not really sure. Um, but first and foremost, congratulations. Obviously, this has been a goal for you guys. You've gotten to the, uh, the round of eight before, just couldn't get through the door, as it were. And uh, obviously, the women have done it. How much does this feel like, and I'm not saying there's a monkey on your back, but just the saying as, how much does it feel like the monkey is off your back? You guys have gotten it done, and, and you're marching on to Salem. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the, the tradition and, and legacy of Christopher Newport basketball it was long before I got there with Coach Woolham uh, and some great players and great teams that kind of led the way uh, when I was able to come on board six years ago. Uh, and kind of take the reins and, and pick it up. And, you know, we just wanted to continue that great legacy. And uh, if we were fortunate enough to advance further, that would be great. But, I mean, honestly, we just uh, – to be able to continue that legacy would, would have been enough. So uh, we're, we're, we're thrilled. I mean, our guys just – we have a special group this year. I think uh, if you talk to anybody who said come see us, I think when you see our team, you just see a whole bunch of guys that love playing. Uh, and we didn't, we don't talk a lot about wins and losses or goals or championships. Uh, we just talk about how much fun we have playing the game together and how much fun it will be to keep playing. 
And well, you're going to keep playing. You've got a big game, obviously, coming up against St. Thomas. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in the meantime, back up to the weekend that was. You guys had to travel to Oswego and take on a pesky Keene State squad in the first game, and they certainly were pesky. They came running back on you several times in the game, made it really close late in the second half before you guys were able to pull away. And then you took on a Worcester squad who certainly had a very difficult game against Oswego the night before. And that one, I don't want to say you coasted to, but it certainly at no point while I was paying attention to it seemed like you guys didn't have control of it. Is that a fair assessment of how the weekend progressed? You know, not exactly, but figured. Well, not bad, not bad. I mean, first, you know, I, I want to thank the the hosts at Oswego. You know, they were put in a tough spot, and, and when you have to host a championship game and your team's not in it after a, a, a really challenging game the night before, I mean, uh, they, they were first class. They treated us well, and I have nothing but praise for the way Oswego State handled, uh, you know, treating us and all the guests there. And, you know, the first game, Keene State, we felt like it was a mirror image of us. I mean, just two tough, tough teams uh, that didn't want to go home. I mean, uh, we knew it was going to be a, a real battle. Uh, and this is still really new territory for my guys. And, you know, Keene State was in the tournament the year before. We were not. Um, so we, we knew this was going to be just a real kind of battle. And, you know, I have all the, the respect in the world for the job Ryan did this year with that team. And for us to be able to come out uh, victorious in that game, it, you know, there was a, I had a strange feeling. I just felt like because we were a little tight in that game, I just I think both teams were maybe a little bit tight, um, that, that if we were able to, to get to get past Keene State, I just I really had a good feeling that we were going to be able to advance. Uh, and when we got up the next day on Saturday and our kids were – you know, we were preparing for the game and our warm-up before the Wooster game. And uh, there was just a different energy, uh, a different pep in their step. I just knew we were we were ready to play. Uh, and not that Wooster wasn't. I just think we were we were clicking on all cylinders, especially in the first half of that game. I, I thought we really jumped out uh, on both ends of the floor, executed at a really high level. Um, and they did a great job uh, clawing back. Obviously, they have a great program and a great coach, and, and they got themselves right back into the game. But, uh, you know, our guys just had – we played as well in that game as we played in, in, in weeks. Uh, uh, and so it go was ahead. good. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's it. So, I, you know, I just couldn't be more more proud of my guys. Um, I was reminded when I was at Benedictine of, of, you know, the conversation was about how all four teams, Benedictine, Ohio Wesley, and Elma, and St. Norbert, were very unselfish teams. And – they willing to make the extra pass, sometimes to a fault, et cetera, et cetera. And I couldn't help but think of you guys in a similar capacity. You have guys on this team who could start for probably 90% of Division Three teams out there, maybe more, um, who, are, who are coming off the bench. They're not starting. Um, you got to check your ego at the door in some ways. If you're good enough to start, but you're not starting, and yet you're still contributing in a major way. You get a lot of points off the bench. How difficult or easy was it to get everybody to buy in? It was. It wasn't difficult at all. Uh, you know, it. it we, we were very fortunate that the guys that, that we were able to recruit and the guys that chose to come play for us were just of the highest character. And you know, when I, I got a guy like Tim Daly, 
who's a junior first team all league player uh who who has no problem coming off the bench uh Aaron McFarland no problem in some ways he really embraces that role you know how could you be somebody else on the team and have a problem with your role so it kind of starts with those guys but then i have seniors like Connor Lacrambois who started uh for a year and a half here at Christopher Newport and Ben Watkins who uh, couldn't play for two years uh, due to a, a concussions who comes in. He hasn't played in several games and, and he gave us huge minutes in the, in the Worcester game. So, you know, we have so much talent uh, up and down the roster and they know that any night uh, it might be their matchup. It might be the right time, the right setting for them to contribute to the team. And um, more often than not, guys have stepped up when they've been called and, and really contributed. The night before against King State, Justin Hampton, terrific player, hadn't been shooting the ball particularly well for a while. He hits three threes, changes the game for us. Um, so we just got a great group. They really are as unselfish a group as I've been around. They could care less who gets the credit, who starts, who scores, uh, or any of that stuff. Uh, they just love playing, want to keep playing, and are really enjoying this ride. Talking to John Gregorian, head coach of the Christopher Newport Captains, fourth-ranked team in the country. They are 30-1. and one. Your one loss coming to Scranton all the way back at December 30th, 65-58. You walked through the CAC undefeated, though you had some battles with Salisbury, um, including the championship game in overtime. That you know, And then you've had some interesting you know, games since. You had Lycoming, who had... Come out of the uh, Mac Commonwealth, uh, as apparently all Mac Commonwealth teams do, from fourth or fifth in the rank in the seating, um, winning on the road primarily the whole way. Then you beat NYU, who's been in and out of the top 25. Keene State, who is the Cinderella, essentially. And Worcester, who's been in and out of the top 25. You haven't taken on necessarily a top 25 team. Yes, a lot of those teams, including Salisbury, have been in and out of it. You now jump you know, into the deep end a little bit with St. Thomas, who's a number eight team and just took out the number one team. And I realize you're really early in the prepping stage here. Um, but what do you think you guys are going to have to do to get past St. Thomas for a chance for a championship? Yeah, you know, it's way too early for me to, to – you know, we, we got back. I'm spending a little time with the family. The guys yep. are, are getting some – so they're obviously a terrific team. They, I know – how often they've been to the Final Four uh, in the last six or seven years. Um, I know how good Augustana is, and to beat them on their home floor, what that means. So, uh, you know, we know that the the challenge ahead of us is going to be great. Um, you know, but the the one thing that we we really I think hang our hat on is, I believe the Capital Athletic Conference this year has prepared us for anything. Uh, we, we've seen, I feel like we've seen just about. You know, we've seen toughness, we've seen zones, we've seen uh, schemes, All we've seen it all. And, and we've seen it in the fir- first few rounds of this tournament, too. And uh, I, I believe we're battle-tested and, and and really able to play a number of different styles. Uh, you know, so the early early uh, look, they got a couple terrific guards. They got a, a really good big kid. They shoot the heck out of the ball, it appears. Um, you know, but... We play a lot of teams that do those things. So, um, you know, we're just going to prepare like we normally do and hope that we can just play the very, very best we can. And whatever happens, happens. Um, obviously, 21 straight. 
I'm going to the Civic Center for the very first time. I suspect you'll travel well since it's just a, a quick little trip across the uh, state of Virginia for you guys. Um, but what was the reaction, you know, not only in your locker room, but you know, um, from the campus when you guys clinched? Yeah, no, before I could even get to my phone after the game. I mean, I think when I picked it up, I was on like 85 text messages or <laughs> something like that. And, and the vast majority were, you know, uh, people in the Christopher Newport community, whether it be other coaches, uh, neighbors, uh, you know, people at the school, uh, former players, just, I mean, just awesome. Just all we've had unbelievable support. I know, you know, so many have said that they're going to come out to Salem to support us. And, uh, and I think that was what, you know, getting past Keene state, it was, it was so nerve wracking because, when we were able to play Worcester and be that one game away, and our guys knew how close we were to be able to come back to Virginia uh, and allow all those people that support us to come see us play uh, and what it would do for the university to be in the Final Four for the first time, President Tribble and everybody, it just, our, our guys were, just, they were just not going to lose that game. May have had nope. There we're back. Okay, um, what what has been the key for this team all season? One loss is incredible. Twenty one straight wins is incredible. To get through the CAC without at least a, a a blip on the radar to a Salisbury team that you beat three times, close in every single one. Um, to, you know you've got a Wesley squad that's tough to beat at their place. A St. Mary's squad who's always looking for a win. Mary Washington who's getting better. So what's been the key? As magic, I don't. Know. I mean, <laughs> it, there's there's no secret sauce other than uh, I believe our togetherness. Uh, and I know it maybe sounds like coach speak, but our guys love playing basketball together. That's all I can tell you. And uh, you know, maybe there's something about that that causes those close games to go our way. Maybe it's just a matter of the year before all those close games went the other way for us. We lost to Salisbury three times in close games the year before, and, and our guys learned a lot from those games. So, you know, I think our experiences uh, from the year before uh, brought us closer together. Uh, the guys made a kind of a commitment to each other that, um, you know, they just wanted to have fun this year and, and, and be great. Uh, and whatever that meant, you know, we can't really control that, but, we we're just going to go for the ride, and you know, in, in another week we're going to look back and see where it led. But man, it's been a fun journey so far. Uh, before we let you go, how hard was it not to be able to be at home last weekend, or this weekend, I should say? <laughs> the only reason it was hard was, you know, to be away for me personally, to be away from my family, and not for them to be able to see us play. Because, you know, my my wife is, you know, she worked harder this weekend than I did. I can tell you that, uh, you know, being at home with our kids and, and doing all the things you have to do and, and for them not to be able to come up to us, we go and, and see us play. I mean, they're so invested in, in our team and uh, our team and them, you know, they're a big part of it. So that was the hardest part that, that they couldn't be there for me. Um, but as for a team performance standpoint, it was the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> uh, it really was. There's a lot of distractions yeah. at home. No, I'm, um, I'm I'm laughing in agreement. Yeah, we've been. To, that's what a lot of people had said coming into this. There, there, there just are, and 
you know, I don't know, you know, we, we've had a lot of success on the road this year. And when you have a team that loves being around each other, being on the road is not really a bad deal. You, you, you go out to eat together. You don't really get to do that at home. Everyone kind of goes to the dining hall and does their own thing. When you're on the road, hey, man, we're going to go out and get a nice dinner. We got team meeting. We got a little film session. And they enjoy it. So then it makes it even better. Now, if you have teams that don't enjoy it, it makes for some tough road trips. But these guys, you know, they, they just have so much fun. So we go on the road. It's like a vacation. Um, and, and I just think that that being away and, and those distractions probably helped us more than hurt us. Uh, well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your, your evening to join us. Quickly before I let you go, what are you looking forward to the most in Salem? Is there a specific thing that I know you've been there for um, games that you're not involved in? Is there anything as now a coach involved in those games that you're looking forward to the most? No, I, really, just to, probably the best thing will be to see my kids' faces when they when they go out on that floor uh, to practice on Thursday. Um I just to know that to see them and I know that their faces are gonna gonna be like, hey, we made it, we're here, we've arrived, and I know it's gonna be something really special just to step on that floor Thursday for practice, uh, and then I think we'll just we'll just roll from there. But uh, in terms of our preparation, but you know, I know when we step into that Civic Center, I've been there. Most of my players have not. Um, and when they, you know, kind of look up and they understand the tradition that is the Salem Civic Center for Division Three basketball, when that hits them, I think that'll be really cool. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you. Uh, safe travels and uh, good luck. Thanks a lot, Dave. Look forward to seeing you down there. Absolutely. As always, give the final word to the coach. Any final thoughts for those tuning in? Thanks for everything. We can't wait to see you down there on Friday. Go Caps. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach Gregorian, who joins us. On the City of Salem hotline, don't forget, the City of Salem, host of the Division Three Final Four, you can still get your tickets today. Join us in the Roanoke Valley for what should be some great basketball between four good teams. We'll crown a champion in less than a week. Uh, running a little bit behind, so we'll get going. When we come back, we'll talk to the other team who's new. Benedictine joins us on Hoopsville. I talked to Lucas Johnson and Coach uh, uh, Bunkenberg coming up on the show. Um, I actually talked to him yesterday, so obviously it's taped, but you'll hear from them coming up. You'll listen to Hoops Over. presented by D3Hoops.com. From the WBCA NABC studios, more Hoops Over right after this. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Division three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience. Being a Division Three athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus, but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Jostens Trophy, which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court. I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's a 
identified as a likely leader. And the other day, it won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how they do in the classroom. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville. Obviously, we're no longer in studio. Here I am in, uh, at Benedictine in, uh, outside Chicago, and I am now joined by really one of the stars of the Benedictine squad. There's plenty of them out there. Lucas Johnson joins me. He had a double-double in the game against Alma, 15 points, 14 rebounds. First and foremost, congratulations on, on making it to Salem. Thank you very much. Appreciate I it. know this has been the goal. Rumor has it you predicted that this was going to happen, that you guys might be undefeated at this uh, point in the uh, season. I wasn't the only one, but uh, yeah, we, a few of, us, few of us thought we could be very good this year. Just, uh, our bunks pre preached from the beginning of the year, next game's most important, we took that all the way through the season. Tough for a lot of us to understand how good you guys might be when you only have five out-of-conference games. Granted, mm -hmm. you went and played the CCIW and beat most of them, mm -hmm. or beat all of them that you faced. Mm -hmm. um, what was it that we didn't see early on that you guys had so much confidence in? Um, our unselfishness. I mean, anytime you have a team that has five guys that can score and plays like uns as, as unselfish as we do, it's, it's a recipe for success. Well, you certainly saw it tonight. You guys always make the, the extra pass. We saw it all weekend. We've seen it throughout the rest of the season. That's tough sometimes in the game to pass open, open a shot. And, and at one point tonight, uh, we talked about the post-game presser. You almost played like a point guard. You get the ball at the post and not look to score. You are already looking for other opportunities mm -hmm. and other situations that you weren't going to be the shooter. I know that isn't necessarily hard to grasp, but what is it like as a team to wrap your minds around that? Oh, I mean, I think it's easy. I mean, if one, if we all buy in, I mean, it's very simple for us all to just play. You know, it's like I said earlier, it's not about how we score or, or who scores, it's about that we score. You know, I just mean, as long as the ball goes in the hoop. It's all that really matters. I mean, especially for myself, I love passing. I mean, <laughs> put guys around me that can score, and I have no problem just dishing it around all night. I've, if I had zero points and zero rebounds, I'd have no problem with that as long as we got the win. Uh, you guys against Alma got out to a really big lead thanks to some incredibly good shooting. Shana ended up shooting over 70% from outside the arc. Obviously, that doesn't happen every day, mm. but you guys have been had tendencies of, sh of really good shooting mm. nights. Is that because of the extra pass, or is that because you guys have just found a good way to shoot? Um, I mean, we, we've struggled a little bit from the three-point line this year, you know, and I and I think that we're just slowly getting better and better. You know, this group is hasn't been together for too long. You know, yeah. we just really came together off the court, and it's it's all about confidence, having confidence in each other and confidence in ourselves. You know, we just shoot it when we got it and don't when we don't. I think it's really that simple. You said something in the post game that was interesting. You guys have actually taken advantage of being at home, obviously, because you mm -hmm. get to sleep in your own beds and you get to not have to worry about the travel and to get to Salem. But only half the teams who hosted the final weekend are, are moving on to Salem. Mm -hmm. You said in the post game though, that you guys kind of enjoy hitting the road. Well, we, what we is do. it about the road that you guys like so much more than necessarily oh. being at home? Nothing against your fans. Oh, that's that's <laughs> a, it's a great question. I mean, I know last year we had a, a considerably better away record than we did a home mm -hmm. record. but. Um, it's, it's a pressure thing, I feel like. I mean, we have a lot of guys who, when, it, when hostile crowd's going at them, they just turn it up that much more. They just flip that switch, you know. And 
like I said, it's the, it's the confidence. Like, people just gain confidence from people who doubt them. Like, I remember there was one time somebody, like, people, there's always fans hackling us and yelling. <laughs> it's, it's, that's, that's basketball. That's what, it's the game. Yeah. When so, someone tells you you can't do something, it makes you want to do it that much more. When you guys looked at what was ahead of you for the tournament, you could see the potential matchups of teams. Mm. Did you guys think that you could still get to Salem? I mean, you guys had confidence, but I'm telling when you looked at things, what did you think were going to be your biggest challenges? Um, I don't know that we even did, honestly. We, we really just, I mean, we were so excited about even having to buy. I mean, that, <laughs> was, that was the biggest thing for us. We were like, oh, wow. Like, Good thing it, you're close to O'Hare. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that, that was so huge for us, and it was just great for us to have that first week off. And, like I said, Bunk's been preaching, next game. Next game's most important. And that's all we really thought about. We, had, we haven't looked forward at all, and we're still not. You know, the next Amherst is the next game, and that's the mo most important one for us. Interesting enough, this was your first back-to-back -back games in the tournament, because we mm -hmm. talked about the bye. You didn't have that in the first weekend. So now you play your back-to-backs. First time you had that short turnaround mm -hmm. necessarily take on a completely different opponent. And you guys didn't really necessarily prep for that second game. You really focused on the first one this week. How, what, tell me, give me a little insight of how you guys got ready for the second game against Alma. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Don't want to say luck, but when a team plays a lot of zone like that, there's not too much you have to study up on. You know, we had to study up. On, it was like our, our walkthrough was a lot about their offense. You know, mm -hmm. learning their offensive tendencies. And I mean, we've played against some two-three zones before, and we always practice against the zones, multiple different zones in practice. So it was just kind of uh, easy to fit in just one side of the ball in our in our shoot around a little bit. In the second half, they actually threw a little bit of a man on you guys mm -hmm. as they were making a comeback. Did you guys get taken aback by that? Did it catch you by surprise? Or at that point, were you guys clicking along so well? And again, you're shooting incredibly well that it, it didn't seem to phase you. I don't think it phases too much. I mean, of course, it's always a little bit. Like, you know, I hesitate for a second. Like, wait a second. Did they That's switch a different look. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, this might be a little different. But Wait, he's on my hip. All right, exactly. But like I said, we have, like, we have five scorers. I mean, six scorers. I mean, yeah. even Tim Reamer off the bench is at 9.9 .9 or 10 points a game. You know what I mean? He gets a few more minutes a game. He's another guy in the top ten. You know, I mean, that's that's just how we all are. You know, and not to mention Braden and and Matt. They they can both do that too. I mean, it's really like not about it. You know, we just play. That's. You've had an interesting story. You started your career actually in the CCIW at Carthage mm -hmm. for a year, and then you left and you went to here, mm -hmm. Benedictine, and then you played. Um, and St. Leo. And then you went to St. Leo. That's thank it. you. Uh, Division two had scholarship. Mm -hmm. Then returned. Yeah. Um, just curious what the path meant to you. What, what, was, what was your mentality and why come back, you know, ultimately? What was the ultimate decision to come back here? Oh, when I, I came here, I had a good, a good personal friend and coach that was here too. So, so you brought me in and said, hey, close to home, just come play. You know, and that was my biggest thing. I just wanted to play. And then uh, the reason I left Carthage was basically a money thing. You know what I mean? And sure. School was real expensive, which is why I ended up leaving here after that one semester. You know what I mean? I, I was, found a chance to get a scholarship. And, I told, I told Bunks right off the bat, I said, Coach, if I have a chance to get a scholarship, I, I have to take, take it. it. You know, yeah. it's best for, what's best for my family. And uh, I did. And then uh, I talked to him before I left, and I said, Coach, if, I, if it doesn't work out, if anything ever happens, then I'm going to come back. And I would love you to let me come back here. And uh, when I, I found out that I would have had to go an extra semester of school, and I would have had to pay for it myself out there, and it's a very expensive school, so I figured I'm paying about the same either way. I might as well just come back home, be with my family, my friends, and everything like that. How does it mean now to be all going on to Salem after the road you've been through, and obviously a couple different divisions, to now be heading to Salem, you know, to, to get a chance at a championship? Oh, it's everything. It's a, it's a blessing. You know, it's, no one ever really gets this chance, especially to be undefeated while even yeah. having that chance, you know. And like I said, we're just taking it in the next game, try, trying to stay calm, stay poised. Do you feel pressure that you're undefeated? I mean, you guys seem really laid back. 
Actually, I, that's exactly what I said, too. I mean, I, I had a couple teams that were close to having really good records like this in high school, and some of us maybe got a little big-headed or got a little, <laughs> a little too, like, too into it, you know? Sure. And that's one thing I haven't seen at all. Like, we just come to practice and play, you know? We just, we, no one ever talks about it. We're not, it's not like a jinx. Uh, I, Bunks will swear we've jinxed ourselves like 37,000 times probably, <laughs> but it hasn't seemed to work yet, so we're just, we're just gonna keep on playing. What was the message to the team in the locker room after the game? Oh, uh, Bunks, you know, he just so ecstatic that we made it, you know, and on to the next one, honestly. It was just, we were all, we're all pumped up and ready and ready to celebrate a little bit and ha have some fun, but we're not done yet. You know, we've sure. we still got at least one more. So. You got the, the Amherst squad ahead of you yes, in sir. the game in Salem. Well, I appreciate you taking the time oh, to join us. Thank you very much. Uh, I have a tradition. Don't know if you want to take advantage of it. Always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those watching? I just want to give a shout-out to my uh, my brother on the team, Tim Reamer, actually. He does all the little things, man, and he's been that guy off the bench every time. And he's one guy that's kept me sane, kept me <laughs> level-headed. For nice. I, I wouldn't be who I am without that man right there. So oh, Reamer had a pretty good weekend himself, even oh, yeah. if it wasn't on the stat sheet. Definitely. He had a pretty good weekend. Yes, well, thanks did. so much for joining us. Oh, thank you We'll again. look forward to seeing you in Salem. When we come back with the hoops, we'll talk to his head coach, find out what he thinks of making the trip to Salem and what he thinks of his play and the rest of the squad's play. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. We'll be back with more right after this. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born.
Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Obviously, we are still here at Benedictine. I am Dave McHugh. I'm now joined by the head coach of the Eagles as they march on to Salem undefeated, Keith Munkenberg. And coach, first and foremost, congratulations on just getting to Salem. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Very, uh, very excited. Our kids are excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, you guys, are, you guys have been buzzing all weekend, even before the game started. There clearly was a buzz on campus. There's a lot of confidence with you guys. Um, not an not an air of confidence, but just confidence. But you guys have never been to this point. How does how does those two interact? And, you know, a lot of teams get to this point, they lose a little confidence because they've never been here. Sure. Um, how do you guys kind of mixing the two? Well, I think the the for, the foremost things they, they are they're a very confident group. Um, from the beginning of the year, um, they really felt this was going to be a special mm -hmm. year. A lot of teams feel that way, and, and they don't sure. have it. But yeah. we we did we did. Um, talent wise, size wise, I mean, uh, we're a tough matchup. But um, they're even keeled. Yeah. You know, they're a confident group, but not cocky. Yeah. You know, they, um, they don't come out and, and, and are in people's faces. Uh, we don't talk a lot, you know, we don't talk trash or anything like that. Our group comes out and really just plays hard. And so um, they don't get too up. They don't get too down. And so it, and it's been like that all year, all year. And so, um, so their personalities are such where they feel, like I said, they feel confident. But um, they they stay on an even on an even pace, and it's been it's been phenomenal. Ask Lucas Johnson this this question as well. You guys undefeated, obviously, and and, and confident as you said. And he mm -hmm. he joked, you guys have had a lot of jinxes that you automatically <laughs> have put in place yourselves. Yeah, you just yeah. have done away with it. Sure. But coming into this weekend, you had a couple of interesting tasks ahead of you mm. in two very different teams. Mm. Yeah. How do you keep the confidence when in some realities you're looking at it going, oh, I have no idea. Right. Oh, you're right. You know, watching Ohio Wesleyan on film, first of all, what a great team. Um, uh, we knew they were going to spread us out. Yeah. We knew they are going to take Luke out of the equation, right? Luke's a great shot blocker. Um, he's one of those guys who we get beat off the dribble. He's there waiting for you. Um, we knew he was going to be on the perimeter. We knew they were going to ball screen him. And, of course, you know everything, but it's, it's still, you still got to execute, right? right. Um, um, their point guard's phenomenal. Um, but we hung tough, you know. I didn't think we played great in the first half, um, at least defensively. Offensively, we did a really nice job. And then we grinded, you know. Um, that game went back and forth, and all of a sudden, we made that little run, you know, that put us up 12. And that's mm -hmm. what we've done all year. So we really wear teams down, I feel. We did that with Ohio Wesleyan. Um, and then tonight, I just don't know if we can shoot any better. We Probably shot, not. No, we can't. You know, I mean, seventy point eight percent from beyond the arc. I, you're not you gonna, got hotter in the second half than than what was already a hot first half. You're not going to lose many games shooting seventy percent from the three. <laughs> no. You know, um, credit our kids, obviously, um, finding the right people, getting the people the ball that were hot. Um, that's been a testament to our group. Every night it's somebody different. Tonight, Michael Blazek just had a heck mm. of a night from the three. Get him the ball. You know, um, there are certain things you coach, right? You, you have control yeah. of. There are certain things that you don't, and they got to play. You know, and this group does a great job with that. It just sometimes, hey, play basketball. Sure. And um, they've done it all year, and we hope to continue it in Salem. You played, this was kind of more what I asked Lucas, you played five CCIW teams out of conference. That's mm -hmm. all you had out of conference. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of us, especially voters in the top 25, sure. are looking at the beginning of the season going, okay, so, yeah, that's a, that's a really impressive win. Okay, that's a great win. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, and then you play conference, and you're blowing out teams in the conference, and it's hard to gauge, as I said on the air, uh, during the broadcast, you, you almost want to see a blemish or a stumble or a toast, you know, stumping sure. to go, oh, okay, I kind of understand the team better. Mm -hmm. Let me see how they recover. We sure. never got that. How, how, what were we missing early on that, 
or even late in the season that, that, that you guys were doing that was working so well? Well, or made you as good as you were, I should yeah, say. Yeah, we're tough to guard. Um, we have four posts, right? Um, and, and, and we have really five guards that can play very well. So you want to take the inside away from us? Or we can shoot it pretty well. You want to double team us inside? We have posts that can pass the ball pretty well and make good decisions. And we can shoot it from the three. So, um, you know, we've, we have a, we've been double teamed inside. Um, we've had a best defender guard Teron Harvey one night, and then their best defender would guard Blazik the next, yeah. you know. And those two guys have been able to feed off of, hey, best defenders on Mike, Teron has a really good game. Best defenders on Teron, Blaze will have a good game. You know, John is a point guard. What a strong, just strong. People bounce off of him, <laughs> you know. And so, um, and when he finishes well and he can knock down the 15-footer, we really have five guys out there that are really tough to guard. But our guys recognize how, we're, how people are going to defend us, and we make, obviously, some pretty good adjustments. They make some really good adjustments. We make adjustments, too, obviously. But um, uh, consistency has been phenomenal, Dave. Um, I don't know. There are times where I'm not sure how good we are. People mm -hmm. have come up to us and said, boy, you got a really good team, you know. And, and I feel like we do. But, you know, when you, you know we, we did. We beat people by a lot during mm -hmm. the course of our, our, our season in our league. And sometimes I'm just I'm still thinking, well, how good are we? How good are we? You know, you said it. You know, you're just not sure. And um, now when you get to the national tournament, everybody's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, again, it's another kind of, like, validation that we're, we got a nice team. Um, we've knocked off three really good teams. Um, one pretty athletic in Harden-Simmons. Uh, Ohio Wesleyan, who's... Who's, who also plays really a tough schedule. Yeah, they do. Alma, who's played some really good teams and beaten some quality teams. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I have a good feeling going into Salem that, that we're going to be, we're, we're, we got a shot. When you looked at the, I, the bracket and, and sense, was there anything you looked at and went, I'm not sure what we're going to do to deal with that? Or even when you kind of looked at how Alma was lining up sure. last sure. night and yeah. you knew you were going to face this 2-3, mm -hmm. was there any point in this overconfidence that you guys have, and I mean that in a good way, that yeah, you yeah, went, yeah. oh, I don't know about that. Oh, every game. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> every Great. game. All right. That every makes game. sense. You know, we're coaches. We, yeah, we're, true. We're the wrong person asked. Yes, you know, I mean, every <laughs> game, I'm like, oh, my God, Harden Simmons is good. They're athletic. They got a 6'9 kid. Is that going to, you know, take Luke off the board? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, are we going to be able to guard on the perimeter? Um, Ohio Wesleyan, oh, my God, they shoot well. Um, their point guard, phenomenal. Player of the year. Uh, Mike DeWitt does an, uh, obviously an awesome job. They're going to spread us. They're going to spread us out, and they did a great job of doing that. Uh, Alma, I mean, the teams that they've knocked off. Sam's done a great job with this group. Their zone is 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 hard to crack. Yeah. You know. Um, but you guys seem to figure out Alma's zone, and it looked like you kind of used Lucas Johnson as a point guard in the middle. What was that? Was that? The plan going in, or was that an advent of what you saw in the game? No, we, we felt, obviously, Luke can see over the zone, right? Yeah, so sure, having him at sure. the nail hole there was really big for us. Um, and he makes great decisions. He can also put it on the floor a little bit. And when we were watching film, we felt like when Alma guarded the nail hole, the big guy would come up, and then we wanted our other post to kind of post their, their wings. That was kind of our original plan. Um, we also wanted the ball screen up there. We felt that was going to be effective. We didn't do a great job of that in the first half because I think Luke got stuck sometimes to that nail hole without moving. Okay. But we did a better job of that in the second half where we had our guards coming off and having Alma have to decide, all right, are we going to pick up the, 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 yeah. the guard coming off the ball screen? Uh, we had our post kind of like um, 
uh, post on the opposite side. We had wings on the outside. Um, and then the other thing we do a really good job of, we don't stand. You know, finding an open space, really, really important. And the thing is, our guys expect to pass. You know what I mean? I mean, we're, we're one of the top teams in the country in total assists. Yep. So everyone feels like they're going to touch the ball. And when you feel like that, boy, you defend well, you move offensively, and, and, and this group did a really good job of that again tonight. You're marching to Salem. Uh, that's the goal for every team. Huh. And now you're on to Salem. Yeah. Uh, and obviously you, you've got Amherst ahead of you, and I know you haven't looked at any tape. <laughs> you just got done with the game. <laughs> right, You'll right. look at plenty of tape of the purple team from central uh, Massachusetts uh, sooner rather than later. But sure. just the fact you're going to Salem, sure. I mean, what does that mean for the you, the program, and this school? Uh, unreal. First of all, I'm so happy for our kids. You know, they've worked so hard to get here. And, uh, you know, as a coach, you recruit these guys to, to hopefully give them a really good experience. Yeah. Well, they've had a really good experience this year, and they're going to a Final Four. Phenomenal. Um, for our school, for our students, for our administration, unreal. Our student section, phenomenal. Yeah, they you were, know, they're I mean, great. They're awesome. And so um, um, for, for our coaches, for our athletic director, um, this is what we do. This is what your goals are from the get-go. Um, and you never know if you're ever going to get there. Yeah, it's, it's hard. hard. It's real hard. It's hard. There are some good, great, great coaches, very good programs that have never had this opportunity. We're very grateful, and we hope we can represent Benedictine University and, 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 and hopefully get a couple wins. You might have the CCIW cheering for you now that Augustana's <laughs> gotten trumped out of the tournament. Yeah, I hope. You know, I hope some of the Midwest schools will cheer us on, and, and maybe we can bring the trophy back to, uh, to Illinois. Yeah. But, uh um, Gray obviously does a great job. We scrimmaged them early in the I year. Know. Knew they were very good. Obviously, St. Thomas must be really good to beat them at Augie. Mm-hmm. Um, Final Four, holy cow. I know, uh, you're you're, you're going to play some great teams. And so. you're undefeated. You're the last undefeated team on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a few on the women's side, sure. even in Division Three. But yeah. what's it mean to have that distinction? I mean, obviously, the other divisions are their own, and there's differences. I'm not going to try and compare, but yeah. just to be undefeated and heading to the final four you know i don't think about it dave for some whatever reason i don't think about it we're you know um we'll, we'll give a little quote uh, we're, we're just taking one game at a time really oh, you know, you know, coach I, speak me after dark. all yeah this. right i know i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i apologize it's all good. um but but really that's what we're focused on I, I our record i don't think we've even talked about it you know uh we're just focused on the next game and that's why we've been really successful um to be undefeated Unreal. You never think that's going to happen with our schedule, with mm-hmm. our league, getting in the NCAA tournament. Um, you, you, it's, it's hard to do. And so um, really proud of our guys, proud of our coaches um, and all the hard work they've done. And, you know, right now we just got to get, get ready for the next game. Uh, final question would be basically, you know, do you take a, a moment tonight, tomorrow, Sunday? Obviously we're talking on Saturday. The show's airing on Sunday. Uh, to enjoy this and relax and not look at tape. Obviously, you won't see Amherst tape officially. You might see it other ways, but officially you sure. won't get it from the NCAA sure. for a while. But do you get to relax, or is this no? We're going to wait until after Salem to finally take a breather here. Um, we're going to relax tonight, Dave. Okay. That, that's, that's for sure. Because I know you didn't you know? relax last night. <laughs> no. We're going to relax tonight. You know, um, I have a lot of family and friends here tonight. So we're probably going to meet up a little bit later and, and enjoy this. Good. Um, you know, we're going to obviously start work tomorrow as far as getting film and, and, and getting that together. But tomorrow, especially early, I want to spend some time with my family. Um, you know, as a coach, you know, um, you don't get a lot of time to spend with them. So let's enjoy family? a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 
right. What's that, right? Um, that would be my, what my wife said. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so tomorrow, you know, we'll spend a little time with our family, and we'll get after it again probably tomorrow night. Final question. You cut the nets down here in, in your own gym. What did that mean? Oh. First of all, have a sectional in our own gym. <laughs> yeah, we should back up to that. Yeah, phenomenal. A regional in our own gym. Yeah. Phenomenal. We took advantage of it. They did. You know, um, only half the teams who hosted got on to sale. Did they really? That's about wow. the average in Is it? basketball. Okay. Um, cutting down the net, our fans sticking around watching that. Um, it was hard to kind of keep it, <laughs> keep it in. You I'm know? sure. It was very emotional. Um, and again, so happy for our kids, for our fans, for our parents, all the people that support us during the course of the year. Um, phenomenal moment. Obviously, the Nets would like, I'm sure you'd love to cut the Nets down in Salem, but they got a little bit more work to do, as always, as you know. I give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Um, just, just really grateful um, to be in a position that I'm in, to coach young men, you know, uh, 18 and 22-year-olds. 22 um, coaching here at Benedictine has been such a great experience. We've had such great support from our administration all the way down to our athletic directors. Um, our coaches on staff have been phenomenal. Um, our student athletes here have supported us through the whole year, phenomenal. Uh, we hope that continues this weekend. Um, very happy, obviously. Um, looking forward to this weekend. If you had any hopes of making or joining the CCIW, they've been thwarted this year. I just wanted to warn you. <laughs> <laughs> They're no longer interested in having you. Okay. He's Keith Bunkenberg, uh, head coach of Benedictine. They march on to Salem. They will take on Amherst in the first game on Friday at 5.30 Eastern time. We'll look forward to Eagles versus that purple team that no longer has a nickname coming up. He's coach. I'm Dave. We'll go back to the Hoopsville Studios, the WBCA and ABC Hoopsville Studios. Coming up next, you listen to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more in a moment. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a current Division III student athlete, and I remember how intimidating the first year of college can be. So if you're a first year student athlete and nervous about coming out as LGBTQ, I pledge to stand by your side as your ally. If you can play, you can play Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I believe student athletes can help break down the barriers of exclusion. I pledge to support and encourage my teammates to support my campus's LGBTQ student group by volunteering and participating in events. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I believe that everyone should be educated on LGBTQ issues. I pledge to work with my athletic department and my campus to foster dialogue and create a community of support, respect, and pride. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are Division III student athletes, and you can be too. If you can play, you can play in Division III. With every basket and every stop, the skill of elite student-athletes will be on display. The sights, the sounds, the intensity of an NCAA championship. 
It all comes down to this moment, and the winner takes it all. Be there to share the experience with your family and friends. The 2016 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 18th and 19th at Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com tickets to score your championship seats today. Welcome back to Hoopsville. This is Danielle Donahue, Executive Director of the WBCA. And we are a proud, proud partner and very excited about all the future broadcasts. Here's Dave. Welcome back to Hoopsville. <laughs> I forgot to hit the audio cue. If you got any questions for us, we certainly hope you'll send them our way, but we also hope you're enjoying the show. Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. I want to thank uh, the WBCA and the NABC uh, for their partnerships this year, and of course the WBCA for coming on for the first time this season. Um, so we're going to switch gears now, talk women's basketball for a little bit. Um, this certainly going to be a fun championship weekend in Columbus. Again, a reminder to anybody who hasn't been listening or realizes what's going on. Uh, the women will play two semifinals on Saturday. That's it. No consolation game, no championship. We're just going to have two semifinalists walk home with trophies. No, completely kidding. Uh, we, they will spend then 16 days getting ready for their next game. Though there'll be plenty of distractions because they'll play those that championship game in Indianapolis at the D1 Final Four, along with Division II's championship game, just like the men did back in 2013. Uh, as we found in 2013, there were more distractions than the team was used to. Um, not in a bad way, but certainly the media becomes a little bit more interested when you're all of a sudden playing for the big game under a much brighter spotlight than normally that we can give. Um, so anyway, just two games coming up on Saturday. Uh, and one of the games, certainly fascinating, is will be Amherst versus Thomas More. The Saints are undefeated still. They are 31-0. They are 64-0 in the last two seasons. And you keep going out, they're even better than that. Six ninety. Uh, let's see, 95-1 in the last three seasons. Figured we might as well go back and talk to their head coach. Haven't talked to him in a little while, so joining us on the City of Salem hotline is Jeff Hans, head coach of the Thomas More Saints. Coach, welcome back to Hoopsville. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you taking the time. Listen, um, I know the goal from the beginning of the season was to do exactly what you're doing right now, be undefeated and make sure you're in position to win another national championship. But at the same time, saying it, at the beginning of the season and doing it are two very different things. You got to be thrilled with what you guys have accomplished. I'm very excited and very proud of, of our players and, and what they've been able to do. Um, because you know, every night you're getting everybody's best shot yeah. and, and, you know, and, and they've risen to the challenge and been able to get, get through all of it uh, to this point. And I mean, and, and I still think we're, we're working on things and we're, we're getting better. Um, you know, with, as we go, and and that's a, that's what we want to do. That's what everything wants to be doing here at this time of year. Season started with actually uh, Sidney Moss on the bench for a few games. Uh, the team certainly rallied around that. You know, I think the so, I know something I've said quite often on this show to the point I feel like a broken record, but something I don't think everybody fully appreciates is, yeah, you've got Sidney Moss on this team, but the rest of the squad is very good and very dangerous, and would probably be in the national conversation if Sidney wasn't on the team. How much did the first few games without her maybe even help you more? Uh, it helped us a lot. It helped us with uh, confidence. It helped us knowing that um, we could do it in case if it would ever need be with foul trouble, um, you know, or, or something else may happen. And, and, you know, and we have good players. I mean, Abby Owens was, 
uh, freshman of the year in, in the Great Lakes region last year, and Nikki Karen was coming on, and then we have four other seniors that have been around um, that have played played and won a lot of games. So, you know, we weren't too worried about it, but I mean, it, it, it helps us, and it helped us Saturday night actually against um, Wash U because for second year in a row, so got picked up a fourth foul late in the third quarter and went to the bench, and we were able to do not only keep the lead where it was, but we were able to expand it. Um, yeah, great segue because I was going to bring that up. Interesting <laughs> enough, late in the third quarter, she picks up her fourth foul, and Washu came down the court, hit a big three-pointer to mm-hmm. end the quarter, got to within six. I'm not saying that's a moment where the t- the wheels necessarily will come off a bus, especially one as experienced as yours, but it's definitely when the, the vice grip gets a little bit tighter. That's when the, the nerves can certainly start to play a role, and that's certainly when even subconsciously a team can kind of unravel a little bit. What was the message to the team between the quarters? Uh, just stay composed. We're, we're still up six, um, you know, and go out here and, and defend the best we can because we're having a hard time stopping them, especially the first quarter and, and even the whole first half. I mean, both of us shot over 50% in the first half. So uh, just lock, lock down a little bit better defensively and, and execute on offense. And then Abby Owings um, – wanted to take over, and uh, she put on a, a really good show in about the first five or six minutes of that fourth quarter. Uh, yes, she did. <laughs> Ridiculously good. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you almost had a Sydney Who moment there as she played. Um, and that's what seems to make your team the most dangerous, though. And, and you know, we talked to Sydney Moss on the Hoopsville Marathon back in January. Uh, you know, her numbers are down in scoring, numbers are down in rebounds, but her numbers are up in assists. It's amazing how your teams turn a little bit somewhat unselfish. Yeah, and that's what that's what every coach wants and that's where you know we're leading the country in assist turnover ratio, assists per game and you know like I I've, I've told some other people before they fight over assists more than they do taking <laughs> shots. Um, you know, it's coming down on fast break, they'll keep passing and and we may turn it over because of that, but uh they like doing it, you know, we we've got solid post players and I mean Nikki Kiernan had a big game last night in that fourth quarter as well um you know so we, we trust each other to make plays and, and that's that's been a good thing about it is they, they're playing with each other and for each other and um you know that that's what helps the, our success last year you faced WashU in the round of 16 this time you faced them in the round of eight both times mm-hmm. it was really kind of your first real test in some time nothing against your f- fellow conference mates or anybody else you saw in the NCAA tournament but Nancy Faye and her Bears certainly you know put the screws to you guys a little bit really made you have to uh, play a, a a much longer game if that makes any sense um what is it about the Bears matchup wise it seems to to be at least somewhat successful against you oh great program great coach I mean you know it was picked up her 700th win this year and mm-hmm. you know and then the, the players they have they they play with great pace and you know they the stuff they run is it's difficult to defend i mean last year was 100 and what was it like 103 to 90 i yeah. think <laughs> um you know where nobody was really playing any, any much defense but it was just good players making good plays all night long and and that's really what it was against saturday we just we were able to make a few more than than they could and got to the free throw line and and uh, we got him turn it over just a, a couple more times than us. Uh, it was your seventh straight home game after you guys had been on the road for four straight. You obviously love the home, and now it'll go away. But how important was home court the last few weeks? Uh, very important for us and, and any team at this time of year, you know, getting your fans in the building, your students in, in there, and 
just to help you keep that momentum and or if something's not going right, you know, that adversity is hitting hitting you, then then they can rally and help help you get your guys to rally and, and um, you know, get things going in the right direction. So having a packed gym for the last, I mean, even a conference tournament, we had great crowds of about 1,000 people in here. So, you know, for the last six games especially, it, it's been great. And, um, you know, we're hoping a few of them will make that trip two hours north to Columbus. I was going to say it's not that far to Columbus for a chance to see you guys play. And it happens to be on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Which will certainly be more, um, ap- you know, helpful for a semifinal game to be sure. Um, how different is it though to prepare for just one game this weekend versus thinking about the fact you, you know, you may have a potential opponent for a championship. You don't have to worry about them for sixteen days. Well, I should say you won't see them for sixteen days. You'll worry about them all all sixteen of those days. But um, how different is it that you only have the mentality of one game here? Um, it's different, that's for sure. You know, because every for the whole season, you're preparing for two games a week, and you know, the last three weeks with conference tournament, you're trying to get ready for back-to-back games Friday, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So it uh, it's different. Um, it's kind of nice, I think, in some ways, because I was able to spend some time with my family today, and and um, you know, get to work a little bit more tonight here. If the kids go to bed and and uh, start working on Amherst, and you know, just worry about those guys, and it's a very tough challenge for us to to get ready for them. But you know, we'll uh, we'll put the time in and we'll be ready. What is it about this team that maybe no one that no one is appreciating? When we talk about the Sydney Mossman, we talk about her teammates. You got four players in double figures, um, and we talk about the depth a little bit there, and we certainly talk about the other players who can step to the floor, but. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something else that we're not seeing. What is it about this squad? You know, I understand the unselfishness, but is there any other thing kind of underlying that just makes this Saints squad so special? The, they're goofy. <laughs> okay. On, on on the floor, off the floor, uh, they're 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 fun to be around. Um, like I said, they they play for each other, they play with each other, but they like being around each other all the time. As much as teams are together, you know, it's. That's one thing we always worry about the chemistry, and, and I think this this team is has as good as chemistry as, as you can ask for. And uh, I mean, Nikki Karen's going on the line last night, and Abby's running up to her and, and giving her hugs, and the next thing you know, they're both laughing. And I'm just like, <laughs> please just make the free throws, concentrate, and make free throws here real quick for us. And uh, you know, and 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 Sid's out there having a good time, and you know, that, and that's what it's about. You know, the experience of of playing and, and working hard, but then also enjoying a, what you're doing. At Division three, and and that's to me. I think that's one one of the things that this group is doing. Hate to ask this question, but I'm kind of curious. If you guys don't win the championship, if something happens, is it a is it a is it a disappointing season? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, and Dave, that's that's how we've treated every year that I've been here since 2011, 12, when I took over. Um, I mean, when we, when we lost to Illinois Wesleyan at home that year in the second round. Yeah. The, the dis- disappointing. Um, because of that that's our goal. You know, we want to we want to get there every year, and you know, if something happens, then then we're not real happy about it. And um, you know, we were able to do it last year, and so far we're on the right path, and and we'll we're going to give our best effort this weekend to uh, continue that journey. I know it's early in the process here. Um, you haven't seen official tape on Amherst just yet that I'm aware mm-hmm. of. But you know Amherst, and you know G.P. Gromacki, and you've seen their program, and they've seen yours. What are you guys yep. going to have to do to make sure to get past what is always a very well-disciplined, coached uh, uh, purple team? Uh, probably want to look at some stats figure out how to score. 
Hmm. You know, and and I think that's going to be a again just looking at some of the stats, very intriguing matchup of of offense and and deep versus defense, and and who can maybe win out, but then then they can put up some points. I mean, you know, they they go up on Rochester last night, thirty-one to seventeen in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they they know how to 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 play on both ends as well. But you know, I know they do a very good job defensively with their length and their athleticism, and you know, so we're going to have to figure out ways to be able to uh, counteract that and and put the bat the ball in the hole. Uh, Coach G.P. Romacki coming up next here, interestingly enough, here. You want to ask him the same question? On hoops? Of course I am. Okay. Uh, Okay. It's an easy easy question to memorize (laughs) when when you've been flying back from another game. So it's an easy way to to knock two questions out of the park as fast as I can. Uh, uh, You obviously have experience against the NESCAC, too. You beat Tufts last year in the uh, semifinals before beating George Fox Mm -hmm. in the championship game. Is there something different about New England basketball versus your brand? Um. Not a whole lot. Okay. I mean, the, both both teams. I mean, Tufts last year was big. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're big, and then I think um, I don't know if Amherst is as big in, in a post, especially, but on the perimeter they're longer. Um, so they, that's where they get maybe a little bit more length than Tufts. But uh, I mean, they're very defense oriented, and you know we're maybe a little bit more offense oriented, but um, you know. It, It'll be a good matchup. It'll be it's going to be a good weekend of basketball up there uh, Saturday night. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. Um, and how special would it be to get to Indianapolis in general with with Division three getting a big spotlight? It'd be great for for these guys and, and all of Division three. Whatever two teams are able to make it out out of uh, Columbus and go over to Indianapolis, um, just to have that exposure to be there with Division two playing their national championship that same day, and then in between the Division ones and. And just seeing what goes on, these guys being able to see what goes on at the Division One Women's Final Four, um, and have that experience under under their belt, it, it just be a, it's a tremendous opportunity for for anybody. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the show. Congratulations yet again, uh, marching right along here to Columbus. Big game, obviously coming up against Amherst, and hopefully a big bigger game in Indianapolis. Um, Sixteen days later, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in? Yeah, I mean, the season's winding down. Just want to thank you guys um, for doing everything you do. You, I mean, being out in Chicago over the weekend watching the, the men's tournament and then getting back in, in studio tonight and getting us back on the air um, to help us wrap up a good sectional weekend and get ready for the Final Fours, you know, and then Pat with um, him stepping down or stepping away, I guess I should say, yeah. <laughs> you know, and Gordon kind of taking over and everybody just that helps out with the coverage for – for the athletes, it's um, big for for all of us, and we appreciate all, all your hard work. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the kind words. Looking forward to uh, maybe running into you sometime soon. I'll probably see you in Indianapolis whether you're playing or not, but I certainly look forward to hopefully seeing you playing. Um, I hope so, too. Yeah, exactly. Good luck, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Jeff Hans joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline presented by the City of Salem. Of course, City of Salem, the host of the Division Three Men's Championship weekend, but the women will be playing in Capital coming up this weekend, and again, on to Indianapolis after that. Going to take another break. Told you G.P. Gromacki's coming up. Well, we got to get to him because we're running behind time, so we better get going. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA NABC studios. We'll be back with more Hoopsville right after this. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure. The game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, the 
It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation not merely to work towards a personal best in the classroom or in the sport we love, but rather an obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. For Special Olympics athletes, victory belongs not only to those who first cross the line, but to all of those who compete and endure. They are challenged in ways we cannot imagine. They are survivors who test themselves harder and with greater joy than we will ever know. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn, as we all do, that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Sport ennobles us, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. Celebrate the soggy shoes and the slow starts. Celebrate the lessons learned along the way. These are the wins. Not the shiny nail-biting kind. These are the last a lifetime kind. Welcome back to Hoopsville. Hope you're enjoying the show. As I always say, you're watching Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We just got done talking to Thomas Moore women's basketball team. Uh, they will be taking on the um, uh, the who we take who are we talking about? Oh yeah, Amherst uh, women's team, which is interesting enough. That's who we got on the Hoopsville hotline, presented by the city of Salem. GP Gromacki joins us there. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Hey, dude. Uh, good to be talking with you guys. So ah. Everything's going well. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It means you're still playing, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Unless something really crazy has happened. Uh, well, first and foremost, congratulations. Uh, yet another 31 season. Um, and you're marching on to Columbus for chances uh, to play in the semifinal. Uh, the one thing that is that I've picked up that's pretty interesting, I think, is you have absolutely decimated some pretty good basketball teams. Um, you beat Eastern Connecticut, you beat Rowan, you beat Stevens, and you beat Rochester. None of those games were close. Are you guys just so many steps ahead and better than others that we just haven't appreciated that yet? Or is it just circumstances? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, we're playing really well right now, and and yeah, I mean, when you look at, you know, sometimes you might get a cupcake in the NCAA tournament in the first round or so, but, you know, those are four really quality teams. I mean, Eastern Connecticut is very strong. And, uh, you know, we're just playing well. But, yeah, they, they, you know, Rowan, Stevens, Rochester, obviously, um, very good teams. Um, interesting enough, you know, some people would say Eastern Connecticut, <laughs> unfortunately, didn't get much of a, a deal there when they're facing you guys in the first round. Of course, you had to play those games at Rowan 
because the men were hosting. It's just one of those circumstances in Division Three. And then you got to at least come back to Lafrac this season and, and, and play a couple more games, Stevens and Rochester. What's been the message to the team overall, though? Because you've had some battles in conference, certainly, and Tufts got you at your own place for the first time in forever. Despite the record, you've had some tough games. So what was the message going into the tournament? That, you know, we were battle-tested. You know, we're in one of the best conferences in the country. and uh, But we knew we had to play well, no matter who we were playing. And uh, we've kind of just fought through some adversity and we're, you know, continuing forward. Is this a team... Um... You know, it's kind of like Dave Hickson and the men's team where we started off the show talking to Matt Noonan about. I'm not saying you're flying under the radar. You're number four in the country. You only have one loss. But at the same time, it seems like the attention has been elsewhere for a lot of things. You know, Tufts beating you guys at your place certainly directed the spotlight towards them. Um, obviously, the season that Thomas Moore is having and being undefeated uh, and some of the other seasons out there. Have you guys felt like maybe you're flying a little bit under a radar, especially for for a team with 30 wins and one loss? <laughs> um, that's hard to say, but uh, you know, with so many teams, you know, when you entered the NCAA tournament, I think there was three teams undefeated. Um, you know, they were getting a lot of the recognition, and deservedly they did. Um, but I mean, I guess maybe we're a little bit on the radar, but uh, you know, we're not really listening to what's out there. We're just trying to play really good basketball and keep getting some wins. We mentioned that Tufts loss back on February 6th at your place, 52-51. Ended a ridiculously long home winning streak. Uh, records, uh, numerous records that that had had, um, had set. Not that a, a, a loss is ever good, but could that have been a good loss? Could that have been a perfectly timed wake-up call for your squad? Well, definitely refocused us. Um, you know, Tufts played really well that day, and, you know, they snuck out a win, and, uh, you know, we returned the favor, you know, a few weeks later and snuck out a win. So, uh, but definitely refocus us for sure. You beat, uh, they beat you by a point. They beat, uh, then you returned the favor at their place by a point to win the NESCAC title. Not that you're looking that far ahead to Indianapolis, but you're on opposite sides of the bracket. There's a chance of a rematch in a title game. Um, does, is something like that good for the NESCAC? Oh, definitely. To have two of those teams. I mean, I think it could be good for all Division Three basketball, too. You know, when would you ever get two teams that beat each other by a point play for a third time and for a national championship? But obviously, you know, we're not looking at that. But, right. you know, it would be, you know, it'd be fun for people to talk about, I guess. But, you know, we're not talking about that at all. We've got to take care of, you know. Absolutely. Thomas Moore this weekend first, and that's no easy task. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Obviously, uh, both teams, two games, uh, the score is even. Uh, it would be great to see you guys, but certainly there's work to be done. We'll get to that work in a moment. I wanted to talk about the team led by a junior and Hallie Doswell, uh, 14 points a game. Marley Giddens, your senior, 11.8. Hannah Hackley, your sophomore, 11.3 points a game. Meredith Doswell at, at nine points a game. And they got a number of other players certainly contributing, just not as high scoring. Um, Rebounding-wise, you're pretty even. I remember talking about that last time you were on the air. Doswell leads the team at eight, but then um, I should say Meredith Doswell leads the team at eight, but Allie Doswell has five and a half, Marley Giddens with five, and Hannah Hackley with five. Seems pretty even for that foursome especially, and I know you've got some depth, but what's the the catalyst or what's the key for the squad? Well, we're 
well balanced, um, as you can see looking at our stats. So it's been different people, different nights. Um, you know, the two Doswell sisters really stepped it up as of late. Um, but we do, you know, we do have a lot of weapons, so it's hard to see on one person. You've gone about 10 deep for the most part. Now, granted, Giddens has been injured. He only played in 18 games. Um, and But the NCAA tournament comes along, and a lot of coaches shorten the bench. Have you been shortening the bench, or have you been going with the rotation that has been anywhere from 8 to 10 deep all season? Well, we really shorten our bench, you know, not by choice, really. Uh, we've had a bunch of injuries this year, so... Um, and, you know, they haven't been able to come back. So uh, we're definitely playing maybe less than we did 10, 10 games ago. When you look at Thomas Moore, and I know this is early. <laughs> I don't expect you to have answers yet. But when you look at Thomas Moore, you certainly know what the Saints bring to the table. They know what you bring to the table, whether you guys have faced each other recently or not. Um, what are you guys going to have to do just in the sense of your team, not necessarily X's and O's, but just in a general sense, to – possibly knock off the Saints and move on to a title game at Indy? Right. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to play really well. I mean, they're a well-coached team. They've got a, a lot of weapons and obviously a lot of talent and one outstanding player. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy. I mean, I, I, would, I would think we're, we're, we're a big underdog in this game, um, looking at their scores. I mean, pretty much rolled over everyone all season long. Um you know, so it's hard to say, but, you know, we just have to keep playing the way we're playing and, and see what happens. This is your sixth championship weekend, but it's the only, first time you're only going to play one game. Is this a little surreal that you're only going to prepare for one game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in some ways it makes it a little bit easier, but uh, it's definitely a unique experience and uh, something that, you know, we're looking forward to. But, uh, yeah, it, it definitely, you know, could help us and, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, it is definitely you know a very unique situation. I guess you know, it's the first time they've done this. You're in your ninth season there. You guys have a winning percentage of 92 percent since you've been there. This is again your sixth championship weekend in those nine years. It does it become hard to stay motivated or keep the team motivated at what is almost become uh, expected? and that is championship weekends, or is a season like last year or or other years when you've missed out? kind of help keep you guys perfectly motivated? You know, that's a great way to look at it. I think maybe the disappointment of last year kind of motivated us for this year. And, it, you know, it's a different group. Um, uh, and it's been a really good group, and they've really stayed focused. We've had really good leadership this year. So, you know, I, I want to say last year was the main reason we did refocus, but it definitely um, – you know, with a little bit of disappointment leaving, you know, a little bit earlier than we expected to last year. Of course, the men and women's teams moving on to the championship weekends. That's something that's gotten somewhat um, common for you guys. Uh, the men making their seventh trip since 2003. And as we just mentioned, uh, your sixth trip in nine years. There's got to be a lot of buzz on campus. Um, but, of course, at the same time, you're you're splitting the fan bases just a little bit. Um, what do you... It, What's the excitement like on campus? Well, uh, we're in spring break right now, so <laughs> there's, there's really no students around, but uh, we have some pretty good community support, and obviously we support our men's program, and they support us really well. Um, so there's a lot of excitement around the offices. Um, 
But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, great to be part of it. And, you know, our athletic department is, is pretty strong in all our sports. So uh, you know, it never really depends, you know, on the season, uh, you know, the way we look at it. So, you know, we support each other throughout the whole athletic department. So, you know, it's either the football team in the fall or a men's soccer team won a national championship in the fall. So uh, there's a lot of really good programs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of good success coming out of uh, uh, Purple Nation there, and uh, congratulations to all that especially. And uh, we certainly want to wish you luck coming up against Thomas Moore. I'm eagerly uh, anticipating that game, looking forward to it. Obviously being played on Saturday too, another twist. You're used to going out there on a Friday. You're going to have an extra day here uh, to, to twiddle your thumbs maybe or pour over tape. I suspect you'll pour over tape. Is there almost a point where you pour over tape too much? Well, once once you see everything you can, then uh, then I think you have to kind of cut it off and uh, you know just go with the punches and get ready for the game. Figured. Well, coach, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thanks so much. I'll let you get back to your prep work as always. Though we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in? Well, you know it's always great to talk with you. Uh, you know, at least twice twice a year, and uh, you know you guys do a tremendous job. Uh, promoting the game of Division Three basketball. So uh, it's always a pleasure, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Definitely. Good luck uh, this weekend coming up, Coach. And uh, I'll probably see you in Indianapolis nonetheless, but maybe we'll see the Lord Jeffs playing in that game. Certainly wish you the luck getting to that point. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Take care. G.P. Gromacki from the number 4 Amherst team, 30-1 and overall. 9-1, and again, they finished in NESCAC play, but avenged that loss to Tufts with a win in the conference championship. Uh, they have won, what is it, nine straight after that loss to Tufts. Big game. Thomas Moore versus Amherst uh, on Saturday at Capitol. Of course, the other game is just as big. It's going to be Wartburg um, versus uh, Tufts. That's who it was. Um, but nonetheless, still a great game with Thomas Moore and, and uh, Amherst coming up on Saturday. Again, the winners will go on to play in, in Indianapolis 16 days later, but a big game's coming up on Saturday nonetheless. Going to take another break. When we come back, Pat Coleman talks to Wartburg's women's basketball team about making the championship tournament. We still have to hear from Tufts women's basketball as well as Gordon's at down with two of their players who made a big difference in getting past Scranton. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll have that interview with Pat Coleman and Wartburg's women's basketball coach coming up next here on Hoopsville. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field. 
reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm here at uh, the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. Pat Coleman talking with Bob Amsbury, the head coach of the victorious Knights of Warburg College. Uh, the unranked team going to the Division III Women's Basketball Final Four, first Final Four for Warburg, and they did it by defeating the University of Texas Tyler by a score of 80-74 to 74 on Saturday night. First of all, uh, Coach, congratulations, and this has been a fantastic run for your team. It has. I'm just so proud of our group. Um, they've stuck together. We, we went through a stretch in January where we hit a little bit of a slide and and it almost cost us even getting into this thing and then when we got word that we were in our kids came back uh, really revitalized and we actually had a few days off and I think that helped us we rested um, we came back fresh and now we're playing really well I tell you, um, you guys hit the national radar. I think Dave and I were sitting next to each other at the D3 Hoops Classic in Las Vegas. Uh, you guys had that weekend where you uh, beat uh, two highly ranked teams at your place. But if you ever don't have that tournament, we'd love to have you out to Vegas sometime. But um, Ours is bettered, <laughs> right? Well, I... <laughs> It's not in Las Vegas, but yes, True. Waverly, Iowa is beautiful in Great December. Place. That's what I've been told. Um, but uh, you know, so you guys, you you had that great weekend, got on the national radar, um, and then things, as you said, you guys kind of struggled a little bit. You know, what happened? How did things uh, kind of come apart a little bit? You know, we just, I, I, I've told other people this, we have so many players that can score that they all just try, started to try to score yeah. instead of continue to play together and take what the defense gave us. And and I didn't catch it early enough. I, you know, we tried to figure out what what's our deal. Why why is this not going well? Because we were still defending well. We were um, doing all the things on the defensive end that we should have been doing to win. Um, and then it. You know, we studied ourselves a little bit, and it, it started to click that we were forcing some things. And so we had a meeting in late January, and um, it was really a come-together meeting. And we redefined our roles in front of everyone and, and really had good discussions about what each player was good at. Good at and, and they committed to each other and um, started to share the ball again. And we, we hit a really good streak at the end of end of. Um, February and then I think we won six in a row and then we got knocked off by Co. Yeah. Um, Co came in and, and really just played a great game and had us on our heels and um, in a lot of respects a lot of people thought it was over for us um, including our kids yeah. um, and um, fortunately it wasn't. Yeah, you sent some of your kids off to play softball. Uh, some of your uh, one of your kids qualified for the national meet and in, uh, indoor track and field in the high jump. Did not participate because that was uh, today on Saturday. Um, but yeah, you you were telling uh, telling people uh, after the game on Friday, for example, about where you had to go through to pull kids back into the program. Yeah, Katie and Christy um, were in Florida and in the middle of a softball game, yeah. and they got pulled out of that. Um, they knew that we had a chance, um, and they were. 
kind of prepared to fly back, but it was a scramble, and they went to the went to the airport in their softball uniforms, um, flew back, got in on Tuesday morning, and um, it was uh, it was a whirlwind for sure. I remember softball being a, a pretty big deal in Iowa, and I, I think so specifically at Warburg. If you guys make the championship game, that's like half of the softball season they're not going to get to play. That's true. It is. You're, um, you're going to have to you're going to have to come up with something at the next staff meeting or something right, to make up for that. Right. We will. Um, you know, it's it's kind of the price of being a two-sport athlete. Um, and you know, I think this is interesting too. I have a couple other kids, Morgan Neuendorf, who comes off the bench for us and is really one of our best players played in the I think she got to the sweet 16 in soccer okay. and Aaron Jones plays yeah. volleyball and they made the tournament um, a big deal in Iowa too it <laughs> is and you know those two kids um, were really the only kids in our program program that had played it at a, a national event besides Kaylee and the high jump so we used them we talked to them what's it like what you know how do we need to approach it and they were they were really good and you know, filling us in on not getting distracted by the wrong things, and um, it, it, they helped us a lot. Um, our kids that have never been here before. Really young team. You guys start uh, four sophomores. Uh, Katie and, and Christy Summer both uh, among that group. You know, what's it like having that much youth on the floor at one time? You know, it's it's great because they're going to be playing for a while for us. Um, you know, they grew up a lot last year. I thought we were really, really talented last year, but we we didn't have experience. And when experience um, meets talent, then you can do some special things, and that's that's starting to happen for us. We're talking with Bob Amsbury, the head coach of uh, Warburg College women's basketball. His team defeated UT Tyler by the score of 80-74 to 74 on Saturday night. And uh, I'm Pat Coleman here at St. Thomas, uh, and Dave's back in the Hoopsville studios probably laughing at me right now. But uh, regardless, uh, Coach, I was hearing, um, first of all, is uh, you guys are getting kind of the rundown of everything that's going to happen uh, for you, to you, near you at the national semifinals at uh, Capital University on Saturday. This is, uh, of course, already uncharted territory, right? Warburg's first trip to the Final Four, and this is a different Final Four too, one that's uh, spread over two weeks. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know what to expect. I have no idea. Um, I'll probably talk to some people that have been there before and how to prepare your team to to avoid the distraction as much as possible because we we're still there for a purpose you know, to win games, um, but it's exciting and we're going to enjoy it. Uh, and the kids get to keep their iPads for another week. I hear there are team-issued iPads. What do you guys do with them? Uh, we send them film, game film, um, all of our scouting stuff. Um, so we'll watch film together, but I also send them the same film so they can watch it again on their own. Um, we do, we're, we're paperless, which is great. Um, and those things are obviously portable and but we do, we do a lot of film work with that. Um, and then if if I want to send Katie, for instance, if she's struggling with something, I can clip some some of her and send send to her, and um, they've been great. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, obviously, with the back-to-back -back games, it's a quick turnaround, right? You you play on Friday night, then you come back, and you have just a little bit of a scout and, and an hour walkthrough at most, and then you have to come back and play again. How is uh, I mean, obviously, it's worked out for you, right? Because yeah. you've you've won a couple of games here, yeah. but uh, you know, what's it like from a coaching perspective to try to get that turnaround? Um, I'm worn out, to be honest with you. You know, we didn't get much sleep last night in preparation, um, and we put our kids to bed and. 
hope that they got rested, but we're, you know, we're worn out a little bit, so it'll be nice to get a good night's sleep tonight, and um, we'll probably might take Monday off and um, just stay fresh and um, put together the next scout. I, uh, you guys had a really good crowd here, I thought, on Friday night. Not as many people today as everybody at the wrestling championships, or what do you think? That's another big sport in Iowa, and Warburg, of course, is a is the, uh, let's say they're the Whitewater or the Mount Union of uh, D3 wrestling. Don't cut us short, we've won 12 of them. <laughs> All right, uh, so the Mount Union, and we're gonna yeah. lose the lights here apparently. Oh wow. Oh look, that's actually, uh, okay. It's, they uh, want us out of here. Well, that's all right. I've closed down buildings before. I think we're going to be all right. It looks okay. But yeah, anyway. I, I thought that maybe we'd get some of those wrestling people because we wrapped up that national title before the final round. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of people were there, um, and deservedly so. We've, we've taken a lot from our wrestling program and those coaches, and um, we've learned a lot. I've talked to them a lot about how to get to this level, and um, that's the great thing about Wartburg is we're all there helping each other and you know wrestling's a really big deal but they they believe we're important and um, I've gotten so many messages from those guys already um, it, and it's just a great culture that we're in at Wartburg. Uh, we're going to take our hint from the Shonaker Arena event staff here, but always on Hoops Hill we give the coach the final word, so your final word, your final shout-outs for know, this. Usually, yeah, i got to give Dave a little hard time because he, I think, had Oshkosh coming out of the first weekend, okay. and he had Tyler coming out of this weekend, so <laughs> just keep, keep picking against us. Um, no, honestly, I'm just really proud of our group, I'm proud of our team. Um, they're doing it the right way. Um, and, and that's what we're we're focused on but you guys do a great job in promoting our sport um, and the opportunities that that go along with that so we're we're really thankful for you guys all right thanks a lot that is uh, coach bob amsbury of warbrick his team improved to 23 and 7 and they're going to the division three women's basketball final four they defeated ut tyler in the round of eight by the score of 80 to 74. now back to hoopsville uh, i did pick against them the <laughs> He is absolutely right. My concern is what happened after they played those big games. He talked about it. They forgot how to score. They weren't playing well. That was my concern. Inconsistencies. Didn't know what would happen in the NCAA tournament. I picked Oshkosh to get all the way to the championship weekend to start with. Got that wrong. And the way UT Tyler was playing, I liked what they did. Uh, I was right that they would knock off George Fox, was I not? I just didn't see Wartburg beating them. Congratulations to Bob Amsbury. Uh, I'm not making any picks for this upcoming weekend, mainly because I'm not picking on the men's side. Um, but I'm not picking on the women's side. But nonetheless, <laughs> Coach Amsbury, I will keep you guys in mind and maybe pick against you when I talk about it with others later. Um, Go ahead and take another break. When we come back, Gordon Mann talks to Tufts women's basketball. Two players who made a huge difference against Scranton. A coming out party for one of them, you could say. Baptista you know, also talks to North. You're listening to Hoops Hope. It's by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA NABC studios. Gordon Mann joins us uh, and breaks it down for us, as it were. Coming up next. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. 
nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division Three school, you primarily a student athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. Welcome from Scranton, Pennsylvania for Hoopsville. This is Gordon Mann uh, with a Road to Indianapolis feature as I'm joined by Michaela North and Melissa Baptista of the Tufts Jumbos who defeat Scranton here tonight. And you guys were asked about this a lot in the postgame, but I'll ask you one more time. 45-45, timeout called. You guys come out. You finish the game on a 12-3 run to put the game away. Loud Jim, it's a cliche question. What did Coach Berube say in the huddle? Um, I mean, yeah, she just said to stay calm and composed. That's when we play our best basketball. Um, and then actually after the huddle, Emma brought us together and just said it's all heart. Um, and that really kind of pumped us up. And we wanted to dig down deep, get a stop, and then a score. I was going to ask Melissa, in, in a huddle like that, who does most of the talking? Is it the coaches? Is it one of the players? Um, it's the coach. And okay. we're just listening and I'm agreeing with what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela, I thought one of the real keys tonight, and I know you're, you're tired uh, from playing in the post uh, against Alexis, um, was your length in the post. In the first half, they have two good post players, Payonk and, and uh, Roman. And between the two of you, they had two field goal attempts and no points in the first quarter. And really, for the whole first half, they would look down to Alexis and you were all over her and it was like yeah. nope have to try something else one how tired are you and two what does coach Ruby uh, teach you in the low post defense uh, well I'm very tired but <laughs> I'll be fine um, and then low post she was just saying um, go side to side don't stay on the high side because she'll get open shoulder go to the basket because I know she likes going baseline um, so I was just trying to move around constantly so they couldn't see inside um, and it worked <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, that I thought the key was that you stayed, you did sort of stay to one side of her, mm -hmm. uh, and you've got really long arms, so when you stretch those out, you really block out the, block out the light on that. Melissa, mm -hmm. hopefully not to be, uh, you know, used by whoever your opponent is next week, but I'm sure you practice against Michaela. What's the key to trying to beat her in the low post? I'm just trying to stay low, and like keeping her off balance is pretty much the way to go. Uh, you, you came out, Mika or Melissa, you hit five threes. Uh, you had a stretch where you hit a three. You hit a two, you missed the free throw, you grabbed the rebound, and that turned into a three. You hit another three, and then you had the steal breakaway layup for two. Have you ever had a stretch like that in your college basketball career? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> but um, it was pretty cool. Um, we just stayed composed, and it just like was basketball, and you just have to keep going with the adrenaline. You know, Coach Bruby was was joking in the post game that it was Baptista time, and you don't you don't see that all the time. Maybe because of 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 foul trouble, um, you know, 
talk to me about that. I looked down at your statue. You've had some other big games this year, but not against a team of this caliber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been getting into a lot of foul trouble, so I just have to like work on my defense a lot more um, in practice and just working on moving my feet. Talk to me about your shot. You have a real nice step back three, real smooth, quick trigger. Uh, you know, something you've developed over time at Tufts. Did you have that in high school? Um, I definitely became more consistent over time um, at Tufts. So I have a, a photo here that you guys have seen that we'll find a way to, to share with the folks here. But I thought this picture right here was the perfect encapsulation of, of Tufts University basketball. It's it's Michaela in a scrum with Kalisha Harris, uh, you know, from from Albright. Well, I, I'll tell you what, Michaela, what do you see in this picture? Uh, well, coach always says 50-50 balls are Tufts basketball. So um, I just know I had to jump on that ball. <laughs> Thank God I have knee pads. So <laughs> Is that Michelle there to the left rolling around? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we all dove for the ball and try to get it. <laughs> what is practice like for you guys? Uh, it's pretty intense. A lot of running, um, a lot of drills. We do guard forward breakdown to work on post moves. Guards work on their shots. So um, there's some specialized drills and then a lot of drills where we just play and focus on defense a lot. So we do a lot of shell um, so that we know any situation that comes to us. Melissa, last year when I, I talked with Mikhail and Haley Canner, I talked about you know Haley being able to be a, a, a mentor uh, to uh, to Michaela. Uh, now you two are different types of players. You're smiling at each other, so you know what's coming. Is is Michaela? Does she have that mentor role? Is it you know how? What's the relationship like between you two? Um, yeah, like we're not like the exact same player, but she definitely right. does give advice and does become a support um, anytime, like during the game or during practice, and she'll like give her advice when it's. Um, needed. <laughs> What's different about this year for you guys? I mean, there's there's a temptation looking at this team from afar to go, oh, look, Tufts is in the Final Four again. You know, oh, look, mm-hmm. Tufts won the NESCAC again. But it's a different team and different players. So how is this year different from the prior trips to the Final Four? Yeah, I mean, we did lose a lot of players last year um, in Haley, Kelson, Hand, but Every year, people just find a way to step up. We have so much heart on this team. Um, we always focus on our defense, so um, I'm not really sure what's different, but I know people stepped up and uh, filled in, so it got us back to the Final Four again. Well, last question, and I warned you, Melissa, that this was coming. You're on your profile. We got to ask Mara Foliard about uh, about bowling last night, which was supposed to be rowing. Um, who is Oscar Schmidt? It's your favorite athlete. Yeah, so he is a famous basketball player from Brazil, and he's just like um, like the all-time scorer in the world for like all his like FIFA games and World Cup games. How did you have you seen a lot of game film of Oscar Schmidt? Uh, not so much. It was like a documentary and just like being like a basketball nerd and just like <laughs> like watching that type of stuff. Well, basketball nerds are heading to Columbus. They'll take on either Wartburg or Texas Tyler in the national semifinals next week from Capital University. For Hoopsville, this is Gordon Mann. Thanks, Gordon. Appreciate you taking the time to do that for us, sir. Great little insight on the student-athletes involved in the tournament. Of course, from Tufts, who got a big win uh, over uh, to move on, I should say, to the championship weekend. Um, And they got that win over Scranton in a very well-fought game, especially at the end. But Tufts just put their foot down at the end, which was pretty spectacular, to say the least. Uh, Of course, um, they'll move on, Tufts will, to play Wartburg, who we had just heard from. So thanks to Gordon and Pat Coleman for putting all those interviews together. We're wrapping up the show here a few minutes. 
I'm not really going to break down women. I may send a tweet out later in the season or later in the week as to who I think might win the championship uh, game or championship semifinals on Saturday. Again, championship not being played in uh, capital in Columbus, Ohio. This weekend, we'll play that in Indianapolis 16 days after the semifinals. But in the meantime, um, you know, obviously, you know, a little bit different for the women. They're going to have to adjust to this. The coaches are going to have to adjust to only getting ready for one team, which is, you know, in some ways a blessing and in some way maybe a curse because you may overlook, you may over overanalyze a team. Of course, you got a big battle with St. Thomas and Thomas Moore, and you got a, a battle of uh, at least one unknown in Wartburg who's capable of knocking off top 10 teams. We've seen it all season. It's the losses that make you wonder about Wartburg, not the wins. The wins are impressive. They have certainly knocked off their fair share this year. It's interesting that they're unranked, but they're unranked because of the losses. Um, so we'll see what happens and how this all shakes out. But really good games coming up on Saturday. I thought I knew the times. Unfortunately, I do not uh, have those times in front of me. They may still be working on it for all I know. Uh, we do know the times on the men's side. It'll be 5.30 and 8. 5.30 will be the Benedictine um, Amherst game. Uh, Benedictine will technically be the home team, so they'll be wearing their whites, and Amherst will be wearing their road jerseys. The other game, the 8 o'clock game, will feature um, St. Thomas and Christopher Newport, and St. Thomas will be the home team for that game. If you're curious, the championship on Saturday, the winner of Benedictine and Amherst will be the home team for that game. 5.30 and 8 on Friday again, then 3.30 and 6, I believe, is the timing. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the timing for the men's championship games in Salem. Core City of Salem, sponsor of the Hoopsville Hotline. I want to thank Kerry Harvey Cutter, John Saunders, and the rest for being a part of our Hoopsville programming as uh, has pretty much been a routine for us the last few years. We are looking, to go, looking forward to going down to Salem. We should note, we will not have a show on Thursday. We have done that over the last few years. Uh, it's been a it's been interesting because for a number of years we did a show, then we got a, got away from it because it, it wasn't that popular. Um then we went back to it um because we mis misunderstood it. Well, now we're going away from it cuz well, it's not that popular, but on top of the fact we tend to do a lot of the same talking the next day in our pregame shows. Now that the pregame shows have taken on such a a bigger dimension, of our weekend, the Thursday show can take a back seat to that. We'd rather dedicate more of our resources towards Friday and Saturday. Um, so that will let lighten the load, as it were. You know, this is a one-man band, as it uh, as uh, as many would say. So we're going to lighten the load on Thursday. So no show on Thursday, but please tune in on Friday. We will go on the air at least an hour before the first semifinal, maybe longer. We'll work on the timing to figure out exactly what we're doing. Uh, ahead of that first semifinal. So, you know, again, if it's a 6.30 game, we'll be on the air maybe as early as 5. We will see leading up. Of course, semifinals will be on NCAA.com. We will have links at D3Hoops.com. Um, I have been asked to participate as an analyst, and it looks like I will be partaking uh, as well for those two semifinals and the NABC All-Star Game. Speaking of the NABC All-Star Game, um... I be, I know the finalists have been announced. I'm trying to remember if the I don't believe the roster has been announced. I just want to make sure. No, the roster has not been announced. Uh, it will be announced, I believe, tomorrow. All regions will come out tomorrow as well. 
Uh, so look for that at d3hoops.com. Of course, we'll also have our Road to Columbus and Road to Salem articles covering all eight teams still playing. So look for all of that at d3hoops.com. All-Americans will come out at least for the men before the championship game. I'm not sure the exact timing for the women this year. We will get to that, but you, of course, can follow us on D3Hoops on Twitter at D3Hoops. Of course, follow us on Twitter for Hoopsville at D3Hoopsville. So, again, no Thursday show. Um, we will be holding our coaches' reception in sale, or in Roanoke, and we look forward to seeing the coaches once again. I'll be involved with the championship dinner, so if you're involved in coming to that, maybe I'll see you there. Um, and then the championship semifinals on, in Salem on Friday. Uh, we'll pregame with Hoopsville as early as 5, maybe 5.30, but I could see us starting at 5 o'clock for that since we'll have more material to go through. And don't forget the championship game and the NABC All-Star game on Saturday. Uh, All-Star game at 3.30, and I believe championship is at 6. Of course, the championship will be on CBS Sports Network, but CBS Sports Network is the only network out there, apparently in the sports world in, 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 in the nation, that doesn't believe in streaming its content. ESPN has Watch ESPN and ESPN3. They stream everything. NBC has its app. They stream everything. Pretty sure um, TNT streams everything when they have the stuff. TBS streams everything when they have stuff. Fox streams stuff. CBS does not like streaming stuff. They'd rather have everybody turn it on the TV. So if you have a TV and can watch it, go for it. It's the only way you're going to see the game. The only way you're going to see the game. Cannot watch it. However... We usually at D3 Hoops, and that would be the plan, we will at least broadcast the game audio-wise for you as well. Pat Coleman, myself, and others will be in Salem. If you see us, nod your hat, nod your head, you know, say hello. And I might even have a surprise for you. I might have a little, little tidbit of a gift from Hoops, so we'll see. We're working on some fun things possibly for Salem. Of course, Gordon Mann will join us in Salem on Friday, then he'll hightail it up to Columbus on Saturday to take in the Women's Championship uh, semifinals there, and then Gordon and I, at least, and probably others, will be in uh, Indianapolis for the Women's Championship as well. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming on the show tonight. Of course, I want to thank those who um, we also interviewed um, before the, the, the show, but I want to thank Matt Noonan for coming on, talking to us about the Northeast, especially Amherst, coming out of there. Christopher Newport's John Krikorian for coming on the show. I want to thank Benedictine's uh, Lucas Johnson and their head coach, Bunks, as they call him, Bunkenberg, for coming on the show. Thomas Moore, women's basketball coach Jeff Hans, Amherst women's basketball coach G.P. Gromacki, Wartburg's women's basketball coach, Coach Amsbury, who joined Pat Coleman uh, in St. Thomas, and the Tufts players, uh, Baptista and North, who chatted with Gordon Mann. I want to thank Pat and Gordon yet again for uh, helping me out with interviews. I want to thank all the SIDs who helped us get those interviews, and all the SIDs at the hosts especially did wonderful work across the country for some terrific games this weekend. We have had two wonderful weekends of basketball in Division Three. Parity certainly in play on the men's side. A little bit in play on the women's side, but a little bit of chalk as well on the women's side. Not to be unexpected. It can only mean we're going to have a wonderful weekend of basketball coming up uh, in Salem and Columbus. I mean, St. Uh, Amherst and Thomas Moore taking on each other. Tufts taking on a, an unknown in Wartburg, at least to Tufts. This is spectacular games to be played at Capitol on Saturday. And then in Salem, it's just, I mean, you have an undefeated Benedictine will be taking on Amherst, who has been there seven times in the last 13, 14 seasons. Then you flip on the other side, and you got Christopher Newport, number four team in the country, who's never been there, taking on St. Thomas, who's been there three times in the last six years and has a national championship in 2011. 
Just wonderful opportunities and matchups, and I'm sure thrilling games to be played. We're looking forward to it. And, of course, we still have the All-Star Game in Salem as well, which has been a lot of fun since it was brought in by the NABC. I want to thank them for taking the time, or really to think about putting that together to replace the consolation game. I'm hoping the women will consider that as well. The women do not have a consolation game this year, um, mainly because when are you going to play it? <laughs> um, you're not going to wait 16 days to play it, that's for sure. But on top of all that, there might be an opportunity now for the women to move in the same direction that the men have on that, and we certainly look forward to that if they do it. With that, we'll wrap up Hoopsville. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, remember, if you have questions, you can always ask us off air as well. Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Back on the air Friday evening before the first semifinal. Again, looking for about a 5 o'clock start time, give or take. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook to find out exactly when we are hitting the air, we'll talk to a number of the coaches who have played against the teams playing in Salem to get an idea of the pluses and the minuses and the uh, keys and the notes that they're going to need to take care of to move on to a championship game. That's all coming up on our special pregame shows uh, from the Salem Civic Center on Friday. Thanks again for tuning in. Appreciate it. Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. From the WBCA NABC studios, I want to thank our partners at the Women's Basketball Coaches Association and the National Basketball Coaches Association as well for their support of our show. I want to thank all of you who supported us as well on our fundraiser. Don't forget, we'll also have a show on Sunday. It'll be a mock wrap-up show. Obviously, we'll wrap up the men's side, have a lot of the show mainly taped from there, but we'll also look ahead to Indianapolis. That's all coming up next Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern time. But before that, it's Salem or Bust and also Columbus or bust for the men and women of Division Three basketball. Looking forward to some great championship weekend action. Join us and enjoy the games. You've been listening to Hoopsville. See you on Friday in Salem.